Hay dos cosas que son absolutamente ciertas. Abuelita te ama y nunca diría que no a McDonald's. Date un gusto con un Grandma McFlurry en tu orden hoy. Es lo que abuela quisiera. Baratapapa. En McDonald's Participantes por Tiempo Limitado. First thing is first. Homies, I know that you've been waiting in great anticipation for a while now, for nearly a month, but things have finally returned to a sense of normalcy in the podcast now. Throughout the hectic weeks when I was doing this either solo or I was doing this with another homie, I was stepping out, cheating, podcasting around. But now, homies, the man, the myth, the motherfucking legend himself has finally returned again to gracious all with his wonderful motherfucking presence. He has made his glorious return to the podcast. Homies, Kevin has returned. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. I'm back, bitches. <laughs> Brother man, how are you doing? Man, I am good. I am good, yeah. man. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to fucking be here again, dude. It feels great, you know? Yeah. I, I miss my headphones. Uh, I had my shitty old headphones on the trip, and I could definitely tell the difference in quality, and it wasn't the same. Mm. Um, that being said, I'm also happy to be back at the table and to have the podcast back the way it was. Now, what's this I hear about you cheating? Uh, we can breeze past that part. It's not not important. Yeah, we probably should. We probably should. Either that, or they're they're going to make us answer the the stupid miracle question, um, which we'll talk about uh, a little later on tonight. Oh yes, indeed, indeed. By the way, that's not stupid if it works. So uh, hey, the, yeah, I'll there drop you go. that. I just realized that might be a thing. I don't know. But anyways, yeah. Uh, I mean, so we do have a lot to talk about tonight with kind kind of this being a double feature. But homie, before we get into it, man, uh, how was the trip? Uh, any anything you want to uh, disclose to the homies? Oh yeah, no, definitely, uh, homies. So here's the elevator pitch of what I decided to do. Um, I I wanted to first off, Q, being a longtime friend and uh, you know um, compadre. To my mini misadventures, you know that I'm not very good at staying still in one place for too long. Right. Be that going back to college or deciding on a last minute fucking cross country trip, I got to do something. I'm, I'm not good sitting on my hands, and that's exactly what this trip was, guys. I decided to take um, the majority of March and to dip out and to do something I've never done before. I've done cross country trips before, but I've never done a full round trip. Going up the East Coast, across the North, down the West, and then back home across the South. Um, and I decided I was going to do that on a giant camping trip. And guys, girls, it was amazing. It was super fun. Had a lot of cool adventures, a lot of cool experiences. Met a lot of interesting people. And I would hope that I made friends and strong enough connections that they listened to the show. I'm not anticipating that because none of them were homies like you guys, you know. Mm. Not, not that I anticipate, not in what I estimated their um, interest to be. But a few out there might be listening. 
Nevertheless, uh, homies, if you live in any of the states I've visited, you'll know because I tagged our podcast name on so much shit. Like, I probably broke a couple laws putting our stickers up on stuff. Hey. Yeah. Uh, but if there's any law uh, enforcement listening, it yeah. was not Kevin who tagged that thing that it, you saw. Exactly. I can neither confirm nor deny that uh, <laughs> because we don't know. Yeah. We don't know. Uh, but if you do see a pretty little sticker with our logo on it, just know you're welcome. Hell yeah. Um, and I also wanted to share this little tidbit with the homies out there because you guys definitely deserve this as well. I wanted to wait till my return on the podcast to tell you guys that I am going to be posting pictures on the Superhero Homie page. Oh, shit. Not all the pictures. You posting dick pics to the page now? No, those aren't the ones. Oh, okay, no, those okay. are Patreon only. <laughs> or, or no, those are uh, uh, only, only fans. fans. Only yeah, fans. Yeah, yeah. That's uh. <clears throat> Privileged, privileged. Oh, shit. <laughs> See, that's not the homie nation. That's the... That's the, that's the horny nation. Oh. <laughs> I'm stealing that. That's fucking gold. The horny nation. Oh. It's a privilege to be back, guys. It, it really is. Homie, I'm, I'm happy to hear that you're able to, to keep the podcast strong without me. I already, I, I already knew you would be. No problem, dude. Um, it was fun listening to the episodes while I was gone. Uh, I gotta say, my favorite still was the black exploitation episode by far. Oh, uh, that was um, a lot of fun. That was that was that was a pretty <laughs> fun episode to listen to. Um, I'm sad I missed that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I think you yeah. would have enjoyed that for sure. Yeah, like I still want to see one of those movies, especially because yeah. I just saw Blackula advertised to me. Oh yeah. So I know like fucking Zuckerberg or someone was listening in and was just like, <laughs> oh, I know he needs to see this. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, Bezos. Somebody was listening in. For sure. They all are. Yeah. We, we know they pop popcorn. Th- this is their only, uh, their horny only page, yeah. you know? <laughs> Ooh, we're going to make them pay for that content. Or rubbing <laughs> their nipples, what they do. Actually, you know? yeah, that, that, yeah. Was, that was the gesture I just did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but homies, uh, before we do get uh, into things here, um, I want to go ahead and uh, proposition you guys up front. Uh, that word sounds really weird after talking about being horny, uh, <laughs> using the word proposition. <laughs> Uh, but that is, uh, oh we my. do have a lot of really cool stuff tonight, guys. We're going to be talking about the Invincibles TV show, uh, as well as episode two of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, but before we do that, guys, uh, I just want to go ahead and say that if you haven't already checked out the review of the Schneider Cut, definitely check that out. That was a whole hell of a lot of fun. And also the preview episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode one, as well as uh, the, the setup preview episode where, where I talked about uh, some of the characters on the show and what I thought was going to happen. Uh, so so there, there's a lot of cool content out there, as well as on our uh, Patreon page as well, guys. So you already know the dealio with that. Speaking of Patreon, I believe this week, uh, brother, this Thursday even, we'll be discussing King Kong versus Godzilla or vice versa, whichever it's called. We'll be sure. talking about it. Sure. <laughs> I'd pay for yeah. that pay-per-view fight. Hell yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, I can so, dig it. Hell yeah. So <laughs> that, that, that'll be up uh, this this coming. Uh, yeah, so that, that episode should be live Thursday night. Uh, the movie comes out Thursday, so. Yeah, yeah. that's right. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll, go, we'll have to get our tickets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess it depends on, like, uh, yeah, I think we decided we're going to go to the theater for that one, right? Because that, that, that yeah. is also on HBO I mean, Max. When I'm watching that many kaiju fights, yeah, yeah, I need that, a big that screen. Big of a, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's not like I'm watching Nobody. I don't need that big a screen for that. Right. Which we did, which was also yeah, Nobody movie. was also a really fun movie, guys. Yeah. 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 Uh, we might have to throw that in there sometime. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was thinking about that. Mm-hmm. I'm down. 
Uh, but before we get started, guys, the proposition I have for you guys wasn't just to check out our Patreon page if you haven't done so, but it was also to uh, go ahead and do us a big favor. And if you haven't already done so, leave us a review, uh, preferably on iTunes, but on any of the platforms that you use us on. If you could leave us a review, that will definitely help us out. Uh, there's about 850,000 different podcasts out there. None of those 850,000 podcasts out there, there's probably... About 20,000 podcasts in the nerd genre and the nerd realm. Mm-hmm. Uh, me being who I am, I do thoroughly believe that we are among the best, if not the very best, of all these nerd podcasts, specifically oh, yeah. the superhero ones. Uh, and But the only way that that can be made factual is if you guys go out there and give us uh, some some upvotes, give us some ratings, uh, preferably good ratings. <laughs> uh, that will really help us climb the algorithm so that more people can be exposed to the awesomeness that is the superhero homies. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, but with that being said, uh, yeah, we're going to kick things off, brother. So, yeah, Invincibles. So, I'll go ahead and start off on Invincibles because um, w- one of the cool things that we've uh, had the experience to learn about when it comes to uh, storytelling is that one of the fun ways to write a story, I think we learned this from uh, Brian Michael Bendis. I, I-, I remember mm. a discussion on the, you know, the after pages in the back of uh, House of M. When he was talking about one of the most fun uh, POVs to take advantage of whenever you're writing a story is to always work from the individual who knows the least in the room. Oh, yeah. I think that was Bendis. Yeah. Now, whenever you pitch the idea of, hey, dude, let's go ahead and do Invincibles, um, my brain was just kind of like, oh, I mean, okay, okay, you know, sure. You know, whatever that is, you know, sure. Uh, I, I, you know, I know about Marvel and DC stuff. I didn't know about that. Oh, that's Image? Yeah, that's, that's uh, the, you know. The other kind of Marvel company. Yeah, sure, that makes sense. Okay, whatever. Oh, they're coming out with a Prime show. Well, that makes total sense why we're doing this. Um, That has been a great fucking graphic novel. Like, I've been recommending that to friends even before this episode recording. That was a great story, a wonderful experience, and preparing by reading the graphic novel was super helpful in getting ready for the show, guys. By the way, mm-hmm. I'll go ahead and say this part now as well. Spoilers ahead. So definitely, if you continue listening to this, just know we are going to be talking about the pages and the episodes, the first three of which are already on Amazon Prime. So if you keep listening, it is at your own disclosure. Please and thanks. Yes, uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess, like, I, I also want to put down on that spoiler alert because there's some things that... Uh, Please double down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because there's some things that happen in the comic, just in, like, the, the volume one, that the other shoe technically hasn't even dropped in on the TV show. And on Amazon Prime, they went ahead and released the first three episodes all in one go. Yep. Uh, and so even if you have seen the TV show, just know that there may be s- some minor things that we might spoil that may come to pass in the TV show that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Uh, but no, uh, in- Invincible Man, like, this was one... This was a comic that had been on my radar for uh, for a while. Like people in the comic book community have been recommending it, saying that it was really yeah. good. Yeah. And I, I mean, mean, I stand by that. Oh dude. yeah, yeah. So, same, same. Um, written by Robert Kirkman. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys are familiar with that name, it is because of The Walking Dead, the popular show, which was you know uh, produced on AMC and originally a graphic novel of Robert Kirkman's as well. Um, fuck that. This is so much better than The Walking <laughs> Dead. I, yeah. I said it, fight me, you know? You know, like... Like, I'll watch this and read this all over again. Yeah. yeah. 
Easily. Yeah, for sure. And and you know, that's no disrespect to The Walking Dead. Uh, a little disrespect. <laughs> On my part, a little disrespect. I still brought my salt with me. You still got your I still salt got with some you. Salt. Yeah, so you know, with the uh, The Walking Dead, a fun fact is that The Walking Dead and Invincible, those two books came out really close together. Really? Extremely close together. That yeah. seems to be a little uh, unorthodox, yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, really unorthodox. Um, yeah, for sure. Like, I, I was reading in, in, in the back of the uh, Invincible book I have, and, and Robert Kirkman was talking about how, like, uh, he really wanted to do, like, this, this zombie idea he had in mind, but at the same time, he had been creating this superhero uh, book as well, hmm. uh, in, Invincible, because, you know, Image... I think it's safe to say that, like, outside of Marvel and DC, Image probably does the most superhero stuff. Uh, Dark Horse, uh, you know, they, they kind of do, like, more of a, more things, like, more of a, of a graphic nature, or more things in a, you know, kind of more mature nature at times, it seems. Uh, but Image kind of seemed to stick with, like, that, that core superhero kind of stuff. And so they're like, yeah, well, that'd be great if you could have more superhero content. But with The Walking Dead, the funny thing was that, like, there were some weird kind of circumstances that Image wanted from him with The Walking Dead. Mm. It was like, well, we don't just want zombies, but if you can tie in aliens to it, then it'll be, we'll go with that. And Kirkman agreed to it. Oh. And had no uh, inclination to actually follow through with the alien shit. Oh, that's and beautiful. And so that's uh, just, I like that, yeah. Robert. You just yeah. you just got some homie tokens, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, um, Invincible Man. So like, uh, if you guys haven't seen the TV show or aren't familiar with the concept, I guess a quick elevator pitch for this is like, please, Invincible. It, it follows the 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 story of a young boy, a teenager, seventeen year old actually, named Mark Grayson. Uh, whose father is the world's greatest superhero, Omni-Man. Omni-Man is basically this version or this world's version of Superman in terms of like strength, power. I mean, he's just he's the guy. Yeah, Omni-Man is the guy. He's all reliable. Oh yeah, yeah. And this is a world that you know is is more or less full of superheroes. They're they're not uncommon. Yeah. You know? uh, but Mark, being the son of Omni-Man, is is waiting for the day that he gets his powers and. Uh, he eventually does receive those powers to a lesser degree of his father's, but he just got them. And so really how this book starts off, it starts off as a kind of a coming of age. I'm a young teenager, a la Spider-Man who got these powers and I'm learning how to use them. It really, really means to be uh, a superhero. Mm -hmm. And like what those uh, responsibilities are that come with these great powers. Yeah. Ah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I caught that. Don't think I didn't. And, of course, it's the fun, uh, relatable style mm -hmm. of superhero storytelling because not only is Mark this young teenage boy who's becoming a superhero and living in the shadow of his dad and kind of making his own path, but he still has to balance the crappy job and the school life and right. the dating life and, you know, all being the a sociable teenager. All yeah. the other shitty things that come with being a teenager. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we've all been there. Except, you know, he gets to fly, which is... Pretty cool. That, yeah. So, you know, he gets <laughs> superpowers. Um, yeah. And now, if you guys, you know, listening to this, you could be forgiven for thinking, yeah, that sounds fun, but that also sounds like a story that I've read before. Well, here's the thing. Uh, and, and this would be your final spoiler warning, uh, spoiler warning, guys, before we proceed on. But there, there is a mega twist in the story. If you guys are reading the book in, like, in, in compendium format or in Ultimate Edition format, 
the twist happens around issue seven. Uh, so you get a whole seven issues in the comic book run where you think that you have a grasp as far as what the story is mm-hmm. and, and how the tone of it is. But then there's a huge tonal shift when this twist takes place. And when this twist takes place, you see a shift in not just the tone, but the, the amount of violence. Now the book looks like the guy that wrote The Walking Dead. Yep. You know, in terms of like the, the violence and the gore and, and the language even. Uh, there's a huge twist, and is is, and the twist was done so well because it purposely unnerves you as the reader because you think that you've settled into how this book is, because up until this point, this is a book that you could read with your young children more or less, really, and when you get to this point, you're like, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, it's like, well, kids, it's time for a snack break. Yes. Did, did I ever to- I think I joked with you about that. Short story time. So, growing up, before my sister is born, I remember my mom and dad wanted to expose my brother and I to some classic cinema, some stuff that they thought was top-tier, you know, quality movies. And um, they put Titanic on that list, Mm. which isn't a bad choice, I'm sure. But we all know that there's an infamous scene in Titanic where, you know, I want you to draw me during this. Oh, okay. No, only this. And it was in that moment, as a dumb kid whose bubble of, you know, attention doesn't go much outside of his own psyche, you don't really catch on to what the characters are saying. You're, you're not really paying attention. So I'll, in that moment, my parents would pause the movie. All right, snack break. Let's go get more popcorn. Mm. And it was a long enough movie that it made sense. It's like, oh, okay, Mom, sure, that's a great idea. I want more popcorn. And then, you know, the other parent would be fast-forwarding through the bits. Through the titties. Exactly. Mm. And uh, it wasn't until years later I was watching the movie, and it's like, oh, huh, cool. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah, there's actually two different ratings for Titanic, and for the longest time, I thought I was just in the, uh, like, I thought it was experiencing the Mandela effect, because I was like, I know for sure that this movie was only rated PG-13, but I was like, there's there's nudity in it, and it's not just a flash, so it's got to be rated R, but there's two cuts of it. Yep. So, yeah, guys, uh, that's a fun fact for you. Um, well, you know. Or, you know, chock full of the shit. <laughs> uh, but the thing about the uh, the twist here with Invincible is that once you get to that big twist, it's a, it's a pretty monumental moment. And then that's honestly where the story really kicks off at. And it was done purposely by Robert Kirkman when he wrote it this way to have you feel as comfortable as Mark, uh, the main character, feels. Mm-hmm. And then to have you be unnerved just as much as he is when the twist happens. Uh, and now for those of you who have, uh, if you haven't seen the TV show, uh, the, the twist actually takes place uh, at the end of episode one, uh, yeah. at, at least in parts, you know, one of the shoe drops, uh, the, the other shoe doesn't, hasn't dropped yet, but still a, a pretty major event happens at the end of the first episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess like with that being said now, if you guys at this point, if you're still listening, then I'm assuming that you don't care if that you already know what, what's transpired. So, no more. Your second spoiler warning yeah, here. Yeah, because it's, it's such a monumental thing. And like, I, I would hate for someone to not organically experience that. That's a strong way to put it. I agree. I agree. You know, Because the graphic novel does a great job of leading you comfortably yeah. into this. And then yanking you from that reality. Right. And showing you, oh no, this is the setting. This is the story. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you could arguably call issues one through six prologue material. Right. 
And you wouldn't be wrong. You wouldn't be off the mark. Yeah. Not a pun on the main character. <laughs> a little pun. Now, if we're done with the done, uh, explication yeah. stuff, let's let's talk about that. So you and I, in short statements, reserving the real material for the podcast, mm-hmm. we've already we've already kind of gave our opinions about that. It's like they pulled the trigger really soon in the show. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's only one foot, and they haven't let the other drop yet, and that's awesome. I'm grateful because that's better storytelling, but it's like, it's really soon. It's an interesting decision to make. Yeah. And uh, don't get me wrong, guys. I don't think that this, you know, it doesn't ruin the show by any means. No, it, it doesn't make it bad. Yeah. It is different. It, it's, it's, it's different. And I thought we were ordering ice cream sundaes, right. and this is a volcano brownie, yeah. lava. Uh, what, what's that dessert called? You know what dessert yeah, that yeah, is. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's ice cream bad. on brownie. <laughs> That make it way more complicated than it needs to be. Exactly. Yeah. There's fucking nuts in the yeah, brownie, there's too. Like, there's in this. a lot of flavor in yeah. this. <laughs> Some caramel drizzle. I mean, there's a lot going on here. I'm not a big caramel fan. Oh. Well. I like it, but I just won't eat caramel by itself. The more you know. Oh, the more you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, so the, the twist we're talking about, guys, is obviously the reveal that Omni-Man uh, is a murderer. Oh, yeah. And, and he murders the uh, Guardians of the Globe, a.k.a. this world's version of the Ju- of Justice League. Yeah, and it's pretty spot on. Like, oh, yeah. They, they, they don't try to hide that it is like... Yeah, no. I, I would say satire, but more like spoof. Spoof characters. It, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's not... It's not satire fully. Yeah, no, it's not like the boys, you know. Uh, yeah. That, that's more like, you know, satirical. It's more like yeah. innocent knockoff. Yeah, it's you know? it's more like uh, homage, I would say. Um, oh, there it is. There's yeah. the word. Yeah, and, and and not to throw us too far off, but um, I was thinking about this a, a few weeks ago. It was uh, I had read Invincible, and uh, you know I had been uh, reading some more of the boys, of course, and uh, and I had actually read through, um, uh, fucking uh, Black Hammer behind me here, uh, which is another fantastic, fantastic, awesome story. Uh, but, you know, it was after that, I was like, it is so interesting how the Justice League is the go-to team to parody or spoof or pay homage to. Like, they, they're, they're, it's always them. Hmm. They're always the, the A1 premier team that is taken and adapted. And and I was like, that's probably for for good reason, and that is... And I mean, like, part of this is just my opinion, but I think part of this is also uh, a, a big, a bit factual, and that is the sure. Justice League. There, to an, to a degree, they're they're probably always be the most recognizable team. I mean, even the Avengers, they have such a revolving door of 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 a roster that if you say like the Avengers. But you say the Avengers now is different from the Avengers four years ago if you're just a general true, consumer. True. This. Plus something I would actually add to the pot there, uh, and please continue your thought in a second. I would also say I think the Justice League is a fun team to always use as a, a default homage, uh, paying um, you know homage to that um, because of the diversity of the team. Like, I would say it's, it's a fun team to remake in your own image because DC has, you know, luckily been able to put these characters and let them fall into place so naturally to make yeah. such a great and diversified team. 
Um, That's true. Yeah. And I think, like, a part of that nature also lends itself to the fact that the Justice League, I mean, clearly, clearly they were the first big superhero team, but on top yeah. of that, basically all of the core members had their own separate titles for yeah. years, and then they came together. Yeah. And there's a lot of power behind that. Um, but that was just something interesting I was thinking about uh, because Black Hammer is is a love letter to classic superhero material, and uh, it's really gorgeous how it's done. Hmm. Uh, but with Invincible here, uh, here we're talking about them because of uh, their version of the Justice League, right? The Gardens of the Globe. We didn't last long. They did not last long. Uh, what do you think about like uh, we talked a little bit about this watching it earlier? Uh, what do you think about how? Uh, they were taken out in the comic book versus in the TV show. So in the comic book, it was... it was. Um, first off, I'll, I'll start off with this. My thesis statement regarding the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I don't disagree with either method mm-hmm. yet. Gotcha. I can't say that full-heartedly because we haven't experienced the TV show to completion. Right. So I don't know if it's awesome quality yet. However, I do know that... Um, I like the way that both mediums did it because it was appropriately done for the strength of each medium. For instance, in the comic book, they waited forever to even reveal the team's existence. And then now, as soon as we see them, we see them die. Yeah. That's what happens in the pages. Issue seven, like you're talking about, very late issue. We get like a couple page introduction and like a short little like explanation as to what the team members are doing. Like Mm. war woman, who's wonder woman, obviously, uh, Aquas, what was some, the, the what was the fish guy's I name? I forget his name. He's literally a fish guy. He's a, <laughs> a fish headed fish headed bipedal man. Right. Um. Yeah. There's uh. I think immortal was the name of like their Superman, the guy with the beard. Oh no! I thought that was their Shazam. He didn't do because Omni Man was there. Well, no, because he wasn't part of the team. So. Uh, oh. Okay. Yeah. Oh. oh okay. Okay. Without argument, though, Green Ghost was Green Lantern. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, Green Ghost. Red, Red Zone. Or Red Rush Red was Rush the Flash. Red Rush was the Flash, yeah. Um, uh, the Martian Man was the Martian Man. Hunter. I mean, that's too spot on. At that point, DC was like, uh, right. wait a minute. Hey, wait a minute. Get ready to press that right. lawsuit button. Um, and then uh, Dark. Or Darkwing. Darkwing. Yep, was Batman. Actually, I think, is his name? It is Darkwing. Dark. Yeah. Like dark Queen. The yeah. Dark Knight. Yeah. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I was wondering because technically that name, I know it because of Darkwing dark Duck. Duck. Yep. Exactly. Like we all do. Another parody of Batman. Exactly. <laughs> but with a really cool hat. He <laughs> did have a really cool hat. It was hat. a really fucking cool hat. Yep. Um, he, had, he had a great get up. Who are we kidding? And um, yeah, no, Darkwing in the show was obviously Batman. Mm-hmm. But immediately... Dunzo. And in the comics, it was no challenge. Like, yeah. Omni-Man came in and just like... Yeah, because like in done. the comics, we we get the POV mostly through uh, Immortal, who was like, again, like the leader of the of the uh, yeah. Gardens of the Globe. He goes in last because they were all called together to meet up and nobody knows why. And, and then he goes in and everybody's like, I thought that you called the meeting. No, mm-hmm. well, who called the meeting? And then like, almost, no pun intended, almost in a flash... They're all fucking done and dead and, and dealt with except for uh, Immortal. And then he looks up at somebody who we can't see mm-hmm. and he goes, I never liked you. Yeah. And, uh, and and then he gets decapitated and then we see that, oh, shit, it was Omni-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you think when you first saw the reveal in the comic? 
surprise. Yeah. Like I was super happy that the book could <laughs> surprise me. Um, not saying that, oh, it's hard to surprise me. I just see everything coming. No, it's that we read so many stories right. that we can see a familiar format. We can see a familiar setup and a boring story that has been told before. Replace name A with new name B, you know? But this was new. This was cool. This was different. And it's like, oh, I like the way they're mixing these ingredients together. I like what they're doing here. Total surprise. Yeah. Now, let's move to the show. Yes. For episode one, we get the really cool... Uh, it's it's very similar. Uh, similar. Wow. English, please. Similar to the pages in the panel where, you know, we, we see it with a few new things added in for the show for the sake of narrative, which makes sense for TV shows because that makes storytelling better for TV, in my opinion, um, in some cases. And uh, there's always that disclaimer, <laughs> little parentheses right there. And um, we see a few of the familiar things, like Mark trying to throw the trash away, and right. instead he launches it into fucking <laughs> space. Um, he's like, oh, about that go time. And then we see, you know, natural current occurrence of events, and as soon as, like, the reveal is done to Omni-Man, his dad... Who's voiced by the great J.K. Simmons, by the yes. way. The show Watch does have it. a great cast. Super yeah. great cast. Yeah. Gotta talk about that in much mm-hmm. more detail. Um, as soon as that, uh, as soon as Omni-Man, Omni-Dad gets the reveal that, oh, I'm sorry, what'd you say, Mark? You're getting superpowers? They're coming out? Like, that night. Fuck their Justice League. They don't matter. Yeah. All, all the... Um, Guardians of the Globe. Guardians of the Globe are dead. Thank you. I didn't forget. You forgot. <laughs> I forgot. Now, I just like I liked the way it was done in both ways. Yeah, me too. I don't have a problem with it yet. However, I would be fooling myself and I would be lying to myself if I said that was a really quick reveal. It was. They must be confident in their shit if they're going to reveal it that fast. Yeah, they they got to be, right? That's kind of That's what I'm hoping. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking and also hoping that they're just super confident in what they have to offer us because I mean, I, I guess, like, from my viewpoint, I hate to, you know, play if I were the showrunner. Oh, please, play it anyways, man. <laughs> I mean, how often do we do that anyways? All, all the time. <laughs> it's 37% of what we do. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think if I were the showrunner, though, um, I would uh, I would have probably done, let's say that it has a 10-episode season. Yeah. I probably would have held out until midway. I can see you doing that. Yeah. Like, I, I can see you making that, like, an episode five reveal. Yeah. Like you, you would have a mid-season premiere. I right. Think. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I love the idea with lulling your audience into a false sense of security oh, yeah. and then just basically uh, uh, pulling a, a red wedding on the audience. <laughs> I, I see you doing that. And you know what else I see you calling it, though? Whenever I see you sitting in the boardroom writing the table, now we're up to 38%. No, nope, um, I'm still 37. No, 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 38. Oh, it's 39 now. That was quick. <laughs> No, 39% is the amount of bullshit we have. (laughs) And how many, uh, you know, interloping... Oh, intermission stories I share. Now, what the fuck was I doing? No, so I see you in the boardroom, like, writing and and pitching, like, the drawn-out sticky notes, trying to, like, piece all the episodes and the storytelling in order and, and, and telling your staff, your team producers, why this is the way it's going to be done is... No, we're going to show these motherfuckers that we can correctly subvert expectations. Yes. You're welcome. 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There is a I proper way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, other people who make television or movies would be like, oh, yeah, we can do that. And then they fuck it up. They fuck it up. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep, yep. Game of Thrones could do that. And then they lost it. God. It's like. It's like the the new kid on the court. He goes and plays basketball. He makes a couple of awesome looking, dramatic, beautiful looking uh, three point throws, just nothing but net. And then the big game when it matters, championship, he just fucks it up and just like bounces off glass constantly. Goddamn! You had one job. You had one fucking job. Uh, and that's all sports take. <laughs> um. But you know, I, uh, at, at this point, yeah, it's not a, it's not a complaint or even a concern. It, it is just kind of a head scratcher. Yeah, that you know they decide to pull the trigger on the reveal so soon. Um, you know, especially seeing that like they dropped three episodes at once, I was confident that they were going to hold out to the third episode to drop that reveal. That would have made sense too. Mm-hmm. Like if if you had pitched me the idea and told me that oh by the way they gave me three episodes at once, and if you asked me to put a dart when they were going to expose it, I would have guessed later on the show, like episode five, maybe early six, you know? Right. But if you told me it was in the first three episodes, I would have said, oh, that would be a super powerhouse reveal for the ending of episode three to make Amazon Prime viewers come back. Mm -hmm. You know, hey, keep your subscriptions for Amazon Prime Video, you know? Um, But uh, I I do want to go ahead and and give the show some more flowers, though, because... Oh, we're going to be giving it flowers. For oh, a yeah. 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 Uh, another thing that the show does really well that it obviously took from the comics was we don't see any blood until that reveal. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, it, while it is more noticeable in the comic because there's more time spaced out in between the reveal, uh, but when it happens in the show still, you notice that, oh, this got way more visceral. In case we haven't made it abundantly clear for those of you who, who care about this type of content... This is an adult animation. This is an adult graphic novel. This is not your kid-friendly Avenger, uh, ad- Avenger adventure. Yeah, that is. was harder to say than I wanted it to be. I can believe Avenger that. adventure. Yeah, I can definitely see. Like, that. it just sounds like I slurred twice. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't come out clear. So you knew what I said. Yeah, I'm Listen sipping in. right now, so I won't even attempt it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it uh, looks good. Oh uh, yeah, it's, it's good, very tasty. I feel very. Uh, um, what's the what's the uh, name for people like who wear robes and smoke pipes? Happy, happy brother. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's the word, but I feel that too. <laughs> I don't think it's wrong though. Oh man, uh, another word for debonair. That's how I feel. I'd own a pipe and a robe. Yeah, I'd, I'd be that debonair. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah! But now I'm just thinking Hugh Hefner's like, nope, not not like that. No, no I'm not, not like rich you. enough. Yeah, uh, but anyways, um, I, I do want to talk a little bit about one cool thing here, and this is gonna again be a spoiler alert for those who have only seen the show, sure, and, and maybe uh, haven't read a lot of the comics yet. And that is the story that Omni Man uh, or Nolan is his uh, you know, civilian name, right? That, that yeah. Nolan tells Mark, you know, about uh, his origin mm-hmm. coming from uh, Planet uh, Viltrium. Viltrium, yes. Know? And uh, yeah, and the interesting thing here is that this was another really cool reveal here because when we get the information in both the show and the comic, we have no reason to doubt Nolan. 
I mean, why not? I mean, the story checks out, makes sense. And basically the story is that on planet Viltrium, you know, all of us have superpowers and we're all superpowered people. And we got to the point where we were able to perfect society. There was no more poverty, no more crime. I mean, they had like the utopian society. And because they're all such good people, this is probably where like my bullshit meter should have went off, but it didn't. Right. right. It, when, when Nolan said basically because we were such good people and, and wanted the best of everybody, we decided that we were going to go out and find less developed planets and help them grow and develop. And then when they were finding their own, you know, we would leave and go back to uh, another planet and help them grow and develop. And, and basically, there was this whole humanitarian thing where they would go from right, planet right. to planet. And then that's what he told Mark. And he said, well, except for when I got to Earth, you know, I met your mother and then I fell in love. And then I said, well, you know, I, I'll stay here and I'll be this planet's defender. Mm. And it was this just really cool story that matched the tone at yeah. the time. Actually, that was one of the things I wanted to talk about because tonally, we get different Nolans. Yes, you know, yes. And, and that's that's a really big thing. That's one of the big differences that might be the most discomforting for readers of the book and viewers of the show, people who are both, in other words. Right. Um, in the book, and, and this is one of the things I definitely wanted to say as well, so I'll go ahead and do it now. The book is a great example of easy flow storytelling. Mm-hmm. It is not simple by all means, so do not mishear me because there are awesome details for the little things and complexities added here and there, things that make a story meaty, something that you can grip onto and care about. But at the same time, it is such an easy, natural flow. And the parents, and they're like lovey-dovey nature with one another, and they're like easygoing flow with Mark, their son. Oh, you're gaining superpowers. That's awesome. The mom is like the most like bang-up example of, oh, I've seen this before. Your, yeah. your dad, he's in a portal fighting fucking aliens in their own home world. Oh, so he'll be late for dinner. No big deal. It's just a Tuesday let, night. Let me ask you this, because uh, it could just be me, but like, I, I could never escape this feeling from the mother in the comic book. Like this, this sense of not really sadness, maybe despair is the word. Like, there was like the way that she was drawn and the way that she responds in the earlier stages of the comic, whenever Mark or not Mark, but Nolan would be gone for any extended period of time where she see Nolan fighting some giant monster on TV. It wasn't really worry, worry or concern, but it was something close to it that she was exhibiting uh, in the comic a lot. So I, I, I get what you're mm-hmm. talking about. Cause I felt something similar. Yeah. I called it the apathetic, veteran effect mm. someone who's so conditioned and experienced and just like numb to the effects of this life mm-hmm. that they have become immune to its effects thus apathetic and just like oh your husband uh, my my husband's in a really big fight again oh he's saving the world oh, okay whatever Th- there'll be the third time this week yeah. good, good for him whereas we all know mary jane was not that shit for spider-man yeah, mary yeah. jane was like how fucking dare you, Peter? We're married, right. you know. Um, so it's it's the opposite effect. It's the other extreme, which is kind of nice. It's yeah. refreshing. Lois Lane was never that. Yeah, not no. to this extent. Yeah. And it's kind of nice to see a Lois Lane character, that archetype, who is like, oh, I've been the support for your father. I've been the the nurse for your father. I've I've been his therapist, helping him mm-hmm. come back from hard shit. I've been there through and through, and I'm sure you're correct. That apathy still is rooted in a little bit of despair where it's like, 
oh, I'm, I'm tired of your dad being Omni-Man. I wish he would just hang up the cape and just be a family man. But, uh, you know, this ain't family guy. This is Invincible. So, yeah. You know, and it's almost luckily. like there's there's a bit of her that knows on some level she can never fully relate to her husband. Of course. Yeah. But I think this is the one who's known that mm-hmm. and come to terms with it. Right. You know, because we see examples of how quickly she gets her shit together, even in the worst case scenarios. Like, oh, my husband's gone fighting these people. Okay, dinner, he'll be late for dinner. No mm-hmm. problem. Or he yeah, won't come home but, tonight. But it's like, and it's like, it's weird, man, because hmm. I feel like a part of that is like the strength of her, but I also feel like a part of that is her coming from a more unhealthy nature, like, Putting up these oh, weird, men- yeah, putting yeah. up these weird mental barriers in her brain, and, and kind of blocking that shit off completely, mm-hmm. instead of kind of looking at it for what it is. Like, you know, my husband, who is super powerful, is in another fucking dimension right now. Who knows when or how he's going to get back? Instead, she's like, "Oh no, it'll be it'll be fine." I, I think that's one of the reasons why this story is such a unique little gem amongst yeah. the superhero genre. Why it's such a f- fresh breath of air, because. The comic, the vibe, and the tone of the story do such a phenomenal job. And this is hard to do for some reason. But luckily, we've received multiple storylines that have been able to do this quite well Mm -hmm. with their certain mainstay big-name characters. Um, They do such a great fucking job of just selling their one, no pun here, invincible, undefeatable hero. The one who, if they arrive on the scene, oh, everything's fine. We don't need to worry anymore because they're here. Yeah. I'm talking about your Omni-Man. I'm mm-hmm. talking about your All Might. I'm talking right. about your fucking Gokus, okay? Yeah. I think this is a great example of the the long-term effects of that comfort mentality, you know? I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it's like, like say Frieza came back, and Krillin, mm-hmm. he's going to be acting like a bitch. <laughs> but then Goku comes in, right. and Krillin's going to be like, oh, cool, I might not die again this time. We'll be okay. Yeah. And I feel like she's got, you know, the Dragon Ball Super mentality mm-hmm. and not Dragon Ball Z, you know? Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. That, that definitely checks yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, but now I thought that she's, she's a super interesting character. Mm-hmm. If anything, she is just such the complete opposite of Omni-Man because... For how amazing and extraordinary he is, like, she represents kind of the everyday average person. I think, you know, what, one of the biggest, one of the most important lessons I learned as a kid, and, and you know, I'm not married, so I can't say I fully understand you it. You what? I, right, right. <laughs> it's a fake ring. <laughs> um, I, uh, I remember someone telling me that behind every great man is a great and powerful woman. Mm-hmm. And I think, to some extent, she knew that for him to be the hero he is and for him to continue being said hero for everybody in society, she needed to be a great supporting role. Yeah. You know? And I I hope that doesn't come off as sexist because I do not mean for it to be. I think for her to become such a great supporting person in his life and a great wife and a mother to his child, she had to become a strong, unbreakable woman. Mm-hmm. And we saw examples of that even in the show, where it's like uh, Omni Man gets very beat up, and we yep. won't talk about why yet. We'll obviously get there very soon, but she immediately is like, "What the fuck happened to my husband? He never gets hurt." Yep. And then one minute later, <sighs> okay, I need cold towels. Yep. Get me a cot in here because I ain't fucking leaving. Okay, and I want uh, ice right now. <laughs> and she's like telling. 
the Nick Fury-esque character what to do. Right. No one bosses Nick Fury around. That's Samuel Jackson. <laughs> Not in this show, right. obviously. Uh, uh, but, yeah. yeah, I mean, we're already almost 45 minutes in, so we can might as well go ahead and talk about it. Yeah, please. We yeah. haven't even talked about Mark much, so. Yeah, yeah. I know, right? <laughs> uh, also, uh, really quick, I'm just going to express some frustrations here. Sure. Uh, please, vent. And, and that is March 4th is when I ordered volumes two and three of the ultimate edition mm. of Invincible, and they have yet to arrive. That's bullshit. Today's like, what, the 28th? Yeah. Yeah, March 28th, yeah. yeah. Like, it'll it'll be like a fucking month, whole month. That's bullshit. Before I get my books. I want to read Invisibles 2. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so, hey. I'm waiting I, for that you know, shit. Like, I'm not going to call them out, like the company who I ordered them from, because I really like them. But, hey, yeah. you guys got to get your shit together. I was about to say, hopefully we'll be sponsors for them one day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so get your shit together, please. Right. Hurry that shit up. <laughs> I spent a lot of money with you guys. I know, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, I was really hoping they'd be here way before we did this episode. But oh my gosh, right? Yeah. Um. Anyways, with uh, yeah, with, with Mark though, uh, he he's voiced by Stephen Ewan in the show. Yep. So speaking of Walking Dead, he, we have an <laughs> alumni here. Right. right. Yeah. I don't don't know if that was done by design. Uh, oh, he's also uh, up for uh, an Oscar. Really? Yeah. yeah. For for what? I I forget the name of the movie. Okay. Um, oh. but he I believe is the. Uh, I think he's Korean, right? Uh, I think he's like the first Korean to ever uh, be up for an for an Oscar. Maybe even the first Asian male up for an Oscar. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you wouldn't believe it, but hey, believe it. <laughs> well, so actually, shout out to him. Thinking about the Oscars, All right. unfortunately, I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, more, the more you think about it, it's the like, more, well, yeah. Don't think on it too long; you'll get sad. <laughs> so shout out to him. Uh, he does a great job as Mark in this show. I really love. Uh, I really like his, uh, his his voice acting here and his ability to kind of capture uh, that kind of that 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 youthful kind of ignorant vigor of yeah, yeah yeah the the young not mm. quite naive but still learning yeah yeah mm-hmm. um so real quick l- l- let's talk about that before we dive even yeah. deeper into the character of mark um the voice acting in the show is phenomenal it is supreme quad stuff they um, spared no expense with this cast they really didn't and the cast does such a great job aligning like how they carry each line with the characters. It's so fucking fitting, dude. Yeah. Um, who, we already talked about J.K. Simmons being in the show. We are yes. obviously talked about Stephen Yoon. Um, Zazie Beetz is up in this bitch. Zazie Beetz is Amber. Is amazing. Yeah. yeah. And now, again, you know, we've only read the first 12 issues of Invincible. I don't know if Amber gets a larger role in the comic or if they just beefed up her role in the show. Um. I like the idea of what her character is in the show. I yeah. like it a lot more than the comic. Me too. I mean, she's just yeah. kind of there for, you know, Mark to make out yeah. with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's a, a plot device. Right, yeah. Um, here, she's much more. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus, I love Zazie Beach. You know, she's going to be my future ex-wife. Or maybe <laughs> or maybe if, I, if I'm really smooth, just my future wife. I was about to say, I, brother, because I'm your friend, I hope she's your future wife. But if she's your future ex-wife, that's because hey. I married her. <laughs> I love the face you just made. Oh my gosh, that was great. Um, so okay. that's how the podcast ends. <laughs> uh, that's how our new podcast begins. My life is as he beats. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> oh, uh, 
who shit. else is in this? We got Mark Hamill, which is yeah. obviously a, a great name. Um, yeah, he plays uh, Art, the, uh, the the tailor. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it, like his his voice acting was so damn good. It's like, you got to listen in to recognize mm-hmm. that's Mark Hamill. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he, he's a lot of fun there. Um, I forget who voices Cecil, the Nick Fury of the show. I don't know. I'll yeah. look it up. Because I know mm-hmm. he's all, dude, fucking Cecil's amazing. Yeah. Cecil is the Nick Fury. You just said that. Uh, um, Damien Darkblood uh, is voiced by uh, Clarence. Uh, oh, Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown, yeah. Clancy Brown, yeah. yeah. Dark blood. That's that's basically the 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 Constantine with your. Um, well, he, he's like Hellboy and Warshack. He definitely dresses mm. and talks like Warshack. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, he's your detective like your Constantine. Yeah, which Warshack was also it was yeah. detective-y. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Warshack. Yeah, he he put the the mystery together. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely what they were going for with that character. Oh yeah, yeah. Um. Who else do we have? Oh, we have uh, Seth Rogen as Alan yes. Alien. I <laughs> Seth does a great job. I'm not necessarily a big Seth Rogen fan. I'm uh, not not a fan mm-hmm. though. It's like, oh, I recognize him. Cool. I, I like watching his shit. Sure, but what he does with this character, comedy gold, is great, amazing. Yeah. Oh, Mahershala Ali voices Titan, I believe. So far, we've only seen him in like uh, in one scene in the TV show, I believe. Yeah. Oh, uh, Walton Goggins is fucking Cecil. Really? Yes. That's what? Walton Goggins. That wow. is amazing. I would have never Actually, guessed. Actually, I can hear it yeah. now that now I'm thinking about it because yeah. I've seen him in like other shows where he does like mm-hmm. kind of the gruff, I'm the dark, uh, edgy guy. I'm just kind of <laughs> here. That's great. Look on me, man. This is what you're gonna do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is great. Uh, Gillian Jacobs. Did we talk about her yet? Uh, she, we have not. Yeah, she's Adam Eve. Right? She's Adam Eve. At yeah. um, Eve, by the way. Um, who else we got? Who else we got? Oh, Jason. Monzukas. Yes. He was yes. fucking hilarious. Every <laughs> time I hear his voice now, all I can think is of uh, Party Wolf. Party Wolf. <laughs> oh, Party Wolf. And it's yeah. not far off the mark here. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking great. Yeah. He plays the uh, Rexplosion, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Rexplode. Yeah. yeah Rexplode. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite line of his so far, uh, and I cannot do it justice, but in, in the show, there's a critical moment when some cool shit is happening for a lot of our other superhero characters. Um, a lot of uh, characters who pay some you know, some interesting homage, but also they have a lot of their own original content. Uh, he's kind of like getting in a fight with one of the other heroes, kind of like a dumb tussle, like a high school spat. Yeah, and he's like charging up. He's got like, as you can guess from his Rexplode superhero name, he's good at exploding shit. Ooh, well. He's charging up, and it's like, it's about time to teach you some motherfucking what the fuck. And yeah. Just, yeah. In that moment, the way he delivered it with the animation, right? fucking comedy gold. That's great. Yeah. Uh, is uh, Susie O, is that the, that's the voice for uh, the the wife, right? Uh, what's the wife's name? Uh, Sandro, and that's Debbie. Debbie Grayson. Okay, yeah, yeah Debbie. Debbie. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, she she's also does a really great job too. Yeah. Um, what about the Mahler twins? Is that uh, is that Brian Tyree? No, that's Kevin Michael Richardson. Okay. Who'd you say first? Uh, Brian Tyree Henry. He's in the show, right? I love him, but no, I don't think he's in the show. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mahershala right. Ali is. Yeah, yeah. We mentioned him. Yeah, uh, he plays. Uh, he's Titan, I believe. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm looking. I'm looking. 
Yeah, the show has a great and extensive cast. Oh, yeah. And then Justin Roiland is up in this, too, but I don't think we've seen his character yet. So, I don't know. Oh, have the, does he have a name listed yet? TBA. Oh. Yep, okay. TBA. And there's a lot of others that are also TBA, but we won't go into them. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ezra Miller's in the show. Oh, shit, yeah. 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 Does he have a name yet? Uh, D.A. Sinclair, whomever that is. Yeah, I, I, don't think I, I don't think I know that character. Uh, this is good old Clancy Brown. See, Clancy does not look like the guys he voices at all. <laughs> he really doesn't. Clancy's also, uh, for those of you who are big old nerds like mm-hmm. myself and Q, uh, he's he's your um, crusty crab. Yeah, Mr. Krabs. Mr. Krabs. Mr. Eugene Krabs himself. Yeah, he's a phenomenal voice actor. Mm-hmm. I mean... God, I mean, he's voiced uh, Deathstroke and a lot of things. And uh, in Teen Titans, he voiced Deathstroke. Yep. Uh, he voiced um, Taskmaster in the Avengers game. Um, mm. yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, I didn't play that game. Uh, well, hey, you know, hey, you know, <laughs> homies, I, I suffer so you guys don't have to, okay? <laughs> that sounds sacrilegious. <laughs> But yeah, ev- everybody that we've heard so far has been gold. Yeah. Just pristine quality voice. Oh, I would also like to shout out the animation to the show. Hell the, yeah. the animation is, is really clean and crisp, and it also looks identical to the animation in the comic book. Oh, yeah. Uh, I believe uh, Ryan Otley is, is, is the primary artist, um, for the comics at least. And I'm like, that's really fucking cool how they're able to do that. And then there's also... Yeah, Ryan Otley. Yeah. There's also like some kind of, some cool, almost 3D rendering shots that they do when like a character's flying in mm-hmm. and they kind of change the scope of the show. It's really cool how they do it. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't look cheesy or hokey. They really accent the moments that the panels were trying to accent. Like there's a critical moment when Mark, who's really kind of flexing his superpowers, just like his dad, mm-hmm. um, his power set that is, and he's like standing on the moon looking up at the earth and he just kind of like stops and he's beholding everything for a second, and he's kind of like dumbstruck, like, oh, whoa. Just looking at the view, and they do a great job in the comic book and also the show, It just like really drawing the earth and just like this, nah, you're going to look at me because I'm so pretty. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit more about the, uh, the, the story here in the TV show, because uh, the beats are, are different. Uh. I mean, like the like how things kind of unfold are different. The overarching thing is obviously still right, very similar. Uh, I, I think in that regard, it's kind of similar to the boys, you know, comparing the TV show to the comic about how the broad strokes are still there. Yeah, but yeah. then there's a lot of different moving pieces. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but you know, I, I think the uh, like the silver lining to that, the benefit to that is. You know, for people who read the comics, it's not like you're experiencing the exact same story again. Right. So th- there is a benefit It's not to like that. you bought the script. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not like you, you bought the script with pictures. I mean, you know, which there, there's some people who, who prefer that. And, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't knock them. We actually know, uh, know of someone who prefers that. Uh, yeah. uh, the homie Tame, actually. I ain't going to, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Tame. Shout out to you, Tame. Brother? Yeah, yeah. Damn. Not to put words in his mouth or anything, but, you know, he... I get it, but at the same time, like th- there's there's beauty in both. Ways. It's like that meme I've been making fun of lately. Well, yes, but no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I 
don't see that enough. People make that meme again. Hell yeah. yeah. And bring back Ugandan knuckles. Yes. <laughs> Forever. Show us the way. way. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, so uh, before we got off on like the uh, the cast, we were talking about the moment in the story where Omni-Man confronts uh, the Guardians of the Globe. Mm-hmm. And I do have to say this. Seeing the fight play out in the TV show was really cool. It really was. Yeah. I like the decisions they made with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about, like, how there are pros and cons to how it played out. Because, like, he he was, uh, Omni-Man was, was he was kind of struggling here. I mean, hell, he got put in the hospital after the fight. Yeah. So it wasn't, like, an easy victory for him. Like, the, the comic paints it to be a very easy victory for him. Which is kind of cool because, yeah. you know, you don't think about this when you're reading the comics. You're just kind of like, oh, man, what happened to them? I guess they're gone. Okay. Uh, someone killed them. Oh, no. But then in the show, it's like, oh, someone killed and attacked the superhero team. One of them made it, but he's super, super injured. So yeah. it obviously can't be him, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So yeah. no one suspects that it's him yeah. in, the, in the TV show. And uh, so now it's like we're kind of waiting on the other shoe to drop. Uh, and... I mean, honestly, who who knows when they drop that shoe? Because uh, right now, we're playing the game, and 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 this is a, a very dangerous game to play with television. The game where the audience knows more than the characters in the show, uh, because if you if you ride that out too long, your audience can just become agitated because it's right. like we need you to hurry up and catch up right. with what we know. Uh, I'm sure there'll become some critical moments, but I'm yeah. also very confident in the show that they'll distract us with other cool shit in between. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping there is some good distractions if there are. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I thought that uh, the way that the fight played out, though, was, uh, was a lot of fun to watch uh, because, again, like you said, we don't really get to see it in the comic. He just fucking obliterates them, yeah. runs through them. Uh, Plus, not not that it really matters uh, because you know they're dead, but um, it made the team look more competent in the yeah. show. In the comics, it's just like, yeah, you guys are great, awesome. Oh, you're dead. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> but I, I think though, like the pro to that is Omni Man. He leaves the scene looking like the villain. Still, no one suspects him. But now, not only does he look like a villain, he looks like he's unbeatable. And I love that in my villains because mm-hmm. it forces the writer to be more creative with how do you how you can take this guy down. Yeah. Uh, whereas now in the show, the unfortunate con, at least for me, is that we know he can be hurt. True. True. It takes a fucking lot, mm-hmm. but he can definitely be hurt. Yeah. Um, so you're right. Pros and cons. Yeah. Ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Little column A, little column B. A little bit of both. A little bit of both. Yeah. Uh, now I. Uh, they probably they probably will save this moment for the finale. I'm imagining the moment where he and Mark finally confront, and uh, and Omni Man tells Mark about like his true origin. The the other shoe dropping. Yeah, the Indeed. other shoe dropping. As we've referred it to so much tonight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because like that true origin is is a doozy. That's cool. Yeah. Super cool. But holy shit! So you guys are more like fucking Saiyans than anything. <laughs> you didn't yeah. go there to help people. You went there to fucking conquer. Uh, and I mean, so I thought that was like a really cool, a really cool reveal. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, you want these altruistic people who are looking out for the benefit of, of other species. No, you're out here conquering and, and taking over places. And 
just to hear the way that Omni Man, how he looks at mankind, even his own wife. Yeah. Like, Darebrus, nothing more than a pet to me. Uh, oh, like, to, to hear your father, who you, you know, loved and known and admired your whole life, say that about your mother? Yeah. Oh, that's some shit. Yeah, like, yeah. that's, that's got to be rough, man. See, well, we'll obviously talk about that in greater detail as the episodes come out. So yeah. I won't pull the trigger on that comment yet. I'll, I'll, I'll hold my tongue. Now, let's talk a little bit, a bit more about the star of the show. Yeah. Uh, the show is, uh, for the most part, from the POV of our young friend, uh, Mark Grayson. Um, who ironically does have a uh, you know black and blue in his costume as well, but he also has yellow. <laughs> yes, and goggles. Mm-hmm. So indeed, and no baton. No so batons. no batons. Uh, he he definitely goes through his own growth and development in both the pages and uh, on the script. Um, and it's awesome. I, I'm I'm really digging the quality of the show personally. Like oh, I'm yeah. I'm looking forward to this upcoming uh, Friday when we'll see the episodes again or more Same. episodes. Excuse me. Um. Well, I think they're only releasing one at a time, like every other daggum thing. But yeah, I'll so. wait for episode four and five, and consequently the rest. <laughs> well, hey, because it, it makes to. it easier for us to do this. It does make it easier for us to do this. Um, yes and no. Yes and no. <laughs> um, but for other reasons. Yeah. So I, I like a lot of what Mark goes through. We, we, we don't have a lot of time to go into it in great detail. Uh, I don't know how much we want to go into all this, but I like a lot of the adventures he has. Like, he meets Alan the Alien, which yes. is amazingly stupendous <laughs> fun. I love that, that little mini mm-hmm. story so much. Um, I, I really like the, the teen team. Yes. Yes, you, you heard that heard correctly. right. Yep. The yep. teen team. Yep. yep. <laughs> Practice saying it and then say it five times fast. Now, that was really cool. And seeing, like, the differences of the character, like... First off, this is such a character-driven narrative, and I love that mm-hmm. so much. It, it really amplifies the strength of the story when you have that much oomph in each character, as little time as they may have on the page or in the show. And that's been super fun. Um, the teen team, even though they're kind of seen as like, oh, you're the fourth favorite superhero team right. out there, you guys are still pretty fucking dope yeah you know um and so it's really fun seeing mark just kind of interact with the superhero world in its totality which is already kind of well organized like these are this is a world that has seen threat after threat after threat and came out on top luckily thanks to you know um omni-man and and, and fucking the rest you know um so it's kind of fun to explore this world with mark and to see and learn with him as his eyes get more and more open to everything that's truly there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it's it's a lot for a 17-year-old <laughs> to be exposed to yeah. all that I one mean, time. I mean, he still got homework after beating up the bosses. You yeah, know? that's some old bullshit. That's some old bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. At least he quit his job. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do, we see that, do we see that in the show? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. I'm sure it has to come up. Yeah. I mean, technically, yeah. if, you, if you never go back, then, you know. <laughs> true. True. <laughs> Then you, you kind of quit. Kind of quit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, not not to be too spoilery with anything, nah. but I, I do wonder if um, we'll see the subplot with the uh, the bombs being strapped to random students, and then I I bet we will see yeah. that. You know, I, I yeah, mm-hmm. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that can uh that can be a lot of fun. Yeah. For sure. Um. So I'm trying to remember, like, episode three leaves us off uh, with Robot from 
uh, team team yeah. starting the new Guardians of the Globe uh, after the memorial service for the uh, recently deceased Guardians of the Globe. Uh, not to be confused with Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Um, and then we see him put his new team together and they've been fighting off like this alien invasion that's <laughs> hilariously been coming back better and better each time. Yeah. Uh, and that's been great. And then, uh, you know, we see the part where Omni-Man flies through one of their portals and... And puts a stop to them. Obliterates them. Like, genocidal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, th- there's no other word for it. It's genocidal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he became Modog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's like, even if he left some alive, there's not enough of them for their population to ever start back. They, they, they won't make it. No, they won't. They're done. They'll be dead. Yeah. Their planet has a huge cavity in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but of course, Omni-Man makes it back home for dinner. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I believe episode three ended with uh, Deborah, his wife, kind of getting more. Debbie. Sus- Debbie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, kind of getting more uh, suspicious that maybe her husband is up to something. And I like that they're planting those subtle seeds. I, I really dig that. Um, I- I'm curious what they have planned for her because she's obviously a pretty, uh, pretty uh, strong character from the pages. Um. It's interesting to see them give that even more material to her because there's nothing like that in the pages as far as I remember. Um, Uh, Yeah, and it's like, it's one of those things because in the comics, yeah, she never really gets suspicious as to the nature of like her husband's fucking pathological nature. Uh, But but I think that kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. I think that she maybe blocked so much off that maybe that's one thing she also kind of mentally blocked off as well, that maybe some of the pathological tendencies that her husband maybe exhibited, she just kind of didn't allow herself to really see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely interesting. Um, but what they're doing in the show is also interesting seeing those little seeds being planted. I like how the show, and of course it's a fucking TV show. So this is going to sound like a really dumb statement, but compared to the book, the show's not afraid to add more drama, mm. you know? Like, I see more of, like, your dumb teenager fights between, like, Mark and his mom, for, for an example. We see that in the show. There's no remnant to that in the pages, you know? Um, we, we see, like, more detail in, like, the high school bullshit that Mark puts up with in the show. Mm-hmm. Whereas we get a hint of it a couple times in the pages, and then, like, as his powers come and become an established fact... Yeah, fuck that. None of that ever mattered. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's interesting. It's, it's kind of cool what they're doing for us there. I am curious what that does mean, especially for Debbie, like you were just talking about, in the later episodes. Yeah. 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 Uh, for sure. Um, yeah, we'll go ahead and wrap up like our thoughts about uh, Invincibles, uh, Invincible episodes one through three. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed these episodes, man. And again, like, if you guys haven't seen it yet, I would definitely recommend it. It's some primo superhero content. Uh, it's it's equal parts comedic, equal parts dramatic, uh, and equal parts fun. Like I can't recommend this enough, both the show and the book. Amen. Uh, definitely check it out. Yeah, I, I stand by that fully, guys. It is an awesome, awesome take on the superhero world. I'm I'm super digging it. It's one of the things I'm obsessed with currently. Um, whether your take on the story is from the comic books or the show, 
yes, you are not cur- you are not incorrect. Yeah, uh, definitely. Please, 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 you deserve it. Take time to watch the show, read the book, whatever you want to do. Do both, even. Just make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast first. Hey, um, there's your spot. Now, I'm curious what the rest of the show is going to do. I'm also curious when the hell you're going to get your, in, you know, your Invincibles mm-hmm. book two and three because. I might start reading those before the show ends. Yeah. 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 Uh, hopefully they'll be in by then. Right. I checked earlier and they had finally been uh, picked up and scanned, which means that they're like halfway through the process before they get shipped. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. They're not even shipped yet? Not even shipped, no. I would ask from where, but that might be a, a giveaway, so never mind. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Nope. 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 Yep, yep, yep. But, but it's hey. weird because I ordered some books back on March 17th and they've already got here. They got here a few days ago. From the same company. Ah, uh, what? Yeah. I wonder if, like, this book, because of the show and its, like, recent comeuppance, thanks to Amazon. Could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's becoming a popular thing, you know. Yeah. yeah you know. You know, know, it's possible. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, guys, definitely check out Invincible. Awesome show. Mm-hmm. Uh, great storytelling, great quality. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about some Falcon and Winter Soldier. Hell yeah. We promised you guys a double feature. So now we'll move on to the other TV show, which happened to also come out Friday, uh, which means we are double dipping. We are. Indeed, indeed. You wonder if Amazon planned that on purpose. With all due respect to Amazon and Invincible, which is an incredible show, as mm-hmm. we just spent an hour discussing, it's like, you do have to wonder, like, did you guys purposely plan this out to compete with Disney and Marvel and <laughs> I mean that's that takes some some balls. It does take some balls. I can respect that. Yeah. I respect those balls. Sometimes you know you got your balls got to be in line with your brain and you got to be like maybe we should drop this shit on like a, a Wednesday or a Thursday or a Sunday. Sunday's a problem spot because people are always home on Sunday evenings. That is a great point. And that's why Game of Thrones released on Sundays, you know? Yeah. And, and, and that, that would, that would yeah. also make our job hell of a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but how dare they? How dare how they? they? Um, you know, sometimes you just got to take a lesson from Buster Scruggs, you know? Yeah. First time? First time. <laughs> Find a quadruple amputee and throw him in a river? Like, what, what lesson should we take from Buster no, Scruggs? I, I meant actual Buster Scruggs, not, oh, the, okay. yeah, not, not, the. not the later on stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like, hey, eventually there's going to be someone out there who's better than you. That's, yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. True, the um, motherfucker got shot in the head. Right. Yeah. Right yeah. through the fucking right head. Right through the fucking head. Yeah. But he was able to comprehend thought long enough to be like, <laughs> let me look at my hat. Oh, that's disconcerting. Yep. Whatever he said. <laughs> yeah. Great movie, guys. It is. Yeah. That's a uh, Coin Brothers, right? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Coin Brothers. Yep. So, Falcon and Winter Soldier, man. So, I missed the episode regarding episode one release. Uh, however, homies, I am caught up. I did see episodes one and two now. Preparation to talk to you guys about that. Um, I'm loving the fuck out of this. Yep. It goes without saying, but because it's our job to say it, I will go ahead and do so. I'm very happy to know, first and foremost, one of the big things that had to happen, the show is very, very tonally different than its predecessor, WandaVision. Mm-hmm. And that was a must for me, you know? Mm. Um, they start off, uh, I, I did episode one, so I'm just going to do my brisk drop on that. They start off introducing Falcon with a big action sequence and then like more of his fun character stuff with like his his family and everything was fun to see. And then we see Winter Soldier and we start him off with a fun action sequence and somehow they still made them both very different where one was a fucking dream and everything. By the way, spoilers ahead. 
Uh, too late for that reveal, so there you have it. Now, moving into episode two here, this is when we actually see the characters come together a lot more. And brother, that's going to be the swan song of this episode for me. I fucking loved their chemistry. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Sebastian Stan and... Um, Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie are so daggin' good on screen together, dude. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I wonder if uh, if some of their stuff was actually just improvisational. Knowing Anthony Mackie's track record, I, I would believe it. <laughs> I would, I'm just hoping for it because that just makes it that much more valuable of a nugget of gold. Could be. Uh, I thought that, and again, like we, Caleb and I discussed this uh, last week for episode one, uh, right. and we kind of, we, ha- we had similar feelings to the episode. Uh, we thought that it was good. It was okay. Uh, it wasn't anything like mind blowing or anything like, oh, this world awesome, but it was like, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> um, but episode two was definitely rolls better. Yeah. Uh, in, in, in my humble opinion, I thought that episode two, you know, like they really hit the ground running. Episode two sells the show better. It, it does. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it it really does. Almost to the point where I I wouldn't have blamed Marvel if they dropped episodes one and two for Falcon and Winter Soldier at the same time. That's the effect I had, and it was great. Oh yeah, see, yeah. yeah. I got to watch both. Of them yeah, back you got to watch them both back yeah. to back. So and that like, was a lot. That was cool. Yeah. So yeah. like probably like like the the that disconnect feeling that Caleb and I kind of have with episode one, you probably didn't experience as much. Nope. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Hooray! I got to dodge pain. Uh, yeah. Uh, but this episode again was rolls better uh, because the uh, the pacing I thought was overall better. It wasn't like action sequence and then slow down and talk about where these characters are at. Right. And, right. I mean, which is, it's, it's fine, but it's like, I, I don't know, man. It's like, I, I mean, I, you, you can feel how episode one was using action sequence to sell the character, you know, yeah, to like yeah. to invest people more into this moment and mm-hmm. then get like the setup work done. Right. And that's, that's okay. You, you see Anthony Mack or uh, Sam's family and everything going on with them and they're, their issues with uh, all the shit going on against them. And then you see, you know, Edgelord over there in therapy <laughs> trying to overcome his past. And yeah. it's like, oh, oh, okay, okay. But then episode two is actually pretty daggum great. Yeah. It's actually pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I have any complaints about episode two. Uh, it's been awesome. And, and, like, there's... One of the things that, like, as a comic nerd, I appreciate about this show is that there's so many fucking, like, deep-cut oddities that I didn't think would be in the show. I mean, so, uh, a few weeks ago, I, you know, I did the preview episode for the the show talking about what I thought was going to happen, who I thought was going to show up, and I spent right. a lot of time talking about John Walker, a U.S. agent, and about, like, the role he played and about how I think he's going to do here and about Zemo, what he's going to do. But I didn't expect them to you know, use Flag Smasher and then turn him into a group and turn him into a girl and then turn the girl into a group. Uh, <laughs> they really expounded that character. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I also didn't expect Isaiah Bradley uh, to, to show up in the show. Uh, I mean, it's like, they're just kind of, I don't want to say that they're throwing everything they can, but sometimes too much is too much. And I hope yeah. that they, you know, can... can Control what they're doing. Right, right. Because it, it feels... I, I get what you're saying. If I... Was sitting in the board of directors' room, just like a fly on the wall, mm-hmm. you know, just like a wallflower witnessing everything. I, I would hope that their intention behind this is to write 
a cohesive and reasonable story based on all the super soldiers that they can concoct mm-hmm. and like reasonably put together. And it's like, that makes sense to me if you're trying to sell that to me. Now, if you just try and put all these in here, yeah, just to because it's people like me. It's, yeah, it just, just a you know rule of cool bullshit. Right. No, you're not using rule of cool correctly. <laughs> this this is exactly why that's a fucking problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, rule of cool should never get in the way of your storytelling. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, it's like we've made an episode about that. <laughs> now, I I'm hoping it's the latter. The thing mm-hmm. I was talking about. Oh, excuse me. The former. The thing I was talking about first, where it's like, oh, this makes sense. Let's let's explain in our MCU universe why these other super soldiers secretly existed right. and bring them to surface finally yep. and just do so all in one swing. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. I have enough faith and confidence in them. So let, sure. let's get a little bit of exposition here, brother. Let, let's help out the homies like myself who probably don't know the, the depth and the history of all the shit they gave us episode two. Uh, let's start with the big one. Who's Isaiah? Uh, yeah, uh, Isaiah Bradley, uh, he, I guess, retrospectively is more of a a newer character, which is ironic. I think he was created in like the early 2000s, like maybe 2002 ish. That's uh, when he came out. But uh, he was created to uh, a part of this this other program to you guessed it, uh, try to recreate the super soldier serum. Wow, yeah, that's yeah. totally new. All right, yeah, Wait, no, didn't not. see that coming. Uh, but Isaiah, this is this took place like back in the 50s, so the show definitely got that right right on the money. Okay, because uh, I think they said 51 in the show. Uh, 1951, that is. But with Isaiah, uh, he and, like, there's essentially 300, I believe, I believe 300 black soldiers were taken and experimented on. And the reason that the black soldiers were chosen was because the experiments were very much potentially lethal uh, uh, because they didn't want to take the risk with, you know, white soldiers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I was also thinking... Um, in a symbolic nature, and, and maybe this is more, I don't know if they, they did this for the sake of telling the story, and if maybe they reflected upon this on purpose in the fiction, but in our actual non-fictional real-life world, I do believe that in the Civil War, there was a 300-man uh, small army of purely African-American ex-slaves that was mm-hmm. led into battle. Now, I'm pretty confident on the history, but don't quote me on extra details besides that. Right. Now, hearing what you just said makes me think of that on purpose, I feel like. And it's like, I believe that that was done with that intent. Mm. Um, I, yeah, I don't, uh, I'd have to do more research as to what that faction of the army was, what their name was, right. their history and stuff like that. But I know that existed. Yeah, for me, it almost made me think of like the... Uh uh, the Tuskegee experiments, uh, which mm. was a natural thing that happened, where they they took uh, a bunch of uh, a bunch of black men and, and said that we're going to uh, uh, was it immunization shots or, or we're going to give you some kind of health care essentially uh, for free. Uh, but actually, what they were doing was that they were testing out st- uh, strands of syphilis, so they were giving all these black men syphilis without telling them. That I did hear about. Yeah, uh, that's kind of. Yeah, yeah, no, no, nope, not believe it or not, not that, that somehow public government ran school. <laughs> somehow they didn't make it in our uh, textbooks, uh, but that's kind of what uh, this reminded me of as well. You know, with Isaiah Bradley, is um, 
you know, because like these soldiers, they weren't told that, hey, this is potentially lethal. What we're doing to you guys, uh, you know. But hey, you guys get to be like Captain America, really serve your country. Uh, even though out of the three hundred of you, shit, I think only like a handful of them survived, and of course Isaiah was one. Um, I don't know if he's been used too frequently throughout the comics uh, in, in the years, but I've not heard about him until tonight. Yeah, and, and like again, like he's such a deep cut character. Um, so it was really surprising to see that they they brought him out. Um, I mean, it was definitely cool, and uh, yeah, and it's like I'm still trying to really wrap my mind around the real purpose of it so far. Um, I'm not sure, but I have a working theory, and it ties into another large aspect about the show. If we just if we were ready to segue into yeah. that, um, I feel like they did that to help set the mood for this season of television, which I think is is a very powerful and appropriate mood, something that has been getting a lot more light lately, thank goodness. Um, Talking about, like, the racial divide that has been long-going, too long-going, you know? Um, And I think story-wise, narratively speaking, I'm right there with you, where it doesn't make a lot of sense because it wasn't that fruitful... Of a meeting to, no. to witness Isaiah and have the short five minute scene with him, and then nothing came of it. Like no intel was gained, no direction was given, yeah. no follow through, no progression of characters. But at the same time, there was a progression of characters. There was that. Oh, I see another example of that long that long lasting suffering. Yeah. Uh, and I'm right there with you on that. I, I think that's exactly what they were going for. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I don't think it was used to kind of further the plot any, uh, as much as it was to further the characters, especially you know, uh, like like Sam and uh, like his continual suffering, like in, in, in the show. And this is something that Kelly and I made fun of in episode one. I'm like, hmm. damn, this motherfucker's an Avenger. He can't get a bank loan. I know, like, right? Like. <laughs> And on top of that, like, I don't know what you get paid at the Air Force, but, like, there's no stipend for you there either. Like, Jesus, they, they can't do anything here. Um, but it's like, at the same time, I completely understood where they were where they were going for with the whole thing with the bank loan because it is harder for black people to get loans from a bank. Uh, apparently, even if you save the goddamn world from a giant purple titan, right. it's still hard to get a bank loan. Um, even, if, even if you knew Captain America firsthand mm-hmm. because... He was one of your best friends, and vice versa. Yeah, you still you still don't get shit. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I, I really love that they that they're going this route with the show. This is something that, that I theorized about uh, on the preview episode. You know, seeing that they were going to use uh, U.S. agent or, or John Walker, and that they were going to use him as a uh, Captain America replacement, and seeing that we know from Endgame that title was given to Sam, you know, to a degree. And then seeing how that would play out. And one of the things I said was, I think we're going to see in this show that maybe America isn't ready yet for a black Captain America and, and really seeing how the country reacts to that. And I, I think to a degree, we, we are going to see that. Um, and, and ultimately, you know, because I don't want to stay on this this too long. Uh, I'll stay on it as much as the show does. But um, like racism doesn't look the way it did 50 years ago. Like right. just like everything else, it evolves. Uh, and I don't know if it's killable, but the the son of a bitch does evolve. Yeah, and and, and we kind of see what it looks like. Like 
the, the racial profiling of Sam when they left Isaiah's house. Uh, and then they find out, oh, he's an Avenger. Oh, he's cool. And then their tone changes. And, you know, you can see it on Sam's face where it's like, what the fuck difference does it make when I haven't done anything? Spoiler alert. Of course, the moment you're talking about is when racial profiling example 101, the, the bullshit that shouldn't happen but does. Mm-hmm. Uh, two cops pull up, pull over, sirens on. Yeah. No fucking reason to. And they're pulling over Sam motherfucking Wilson. Yeah. Saying, hey, what are you doing in this neighborhood? Give me your ID. Yeah. And, and they're, they're addressing Sam and not Bucky. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. One looks like a shady <laughs> edgelord, you know, Winter Soldier, my, my boy over yeah. here. And then we got Sam Wilson over here just standing on the street. All right. Yeah. And it's, it's more bullshit, but mm. it's, it's cool that the show is devoting itself to kind of explaining what you're talking about, where it's like the racism hasn't gone away, but it has changed and evolved yeah. over the development of time, you know? Right. And it's still bullshit. It is. Yeah. yeah. Now, with that being said, like, I, while I do appreciate the show doing that, I do want the show to be very careful with how they handle it because mm-hmm. it's very easy for this shit to become ham-fisted and then it'll just become a parody of itself. Yep. And, and, and like, it'll make... Because, like, moments like that aren't really for for people like me as black people to see. It's, it's more for people, you know, non-people of color so mm-hmm. they, they can kind of see the experiences of black people. Right. It's not for me, but so if, if they don't handle the situations like that right, that can give off the wrong implications. It can, it can give people the idea that, oh, so that that doesn't make any sense. Like, people aren't really like that. So if, if you're too mustache twirling or if you're too on the nose with the shit, if, you'd, right. if you can't really capture how it is in reality, then it comes off looking almost like a bad joke. You know, I mean, yeah, fuck, almost I hate, like a bad attempt at pandering. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly yeah, yeah, what it is. Like, I hate to fucking use this as an example again, man, but case in point was Captain Marvel. Like, <laughs> I, I love the idea. I almost of, forgot about it. I mean, I, wow. I love the idea of them potentially showing that, you know, how how sexism is in this country yeah. or in fucking this world, and and how how sexism uh, you know displays this ugly head. But the way they showed it in the movie was so goddamn lazy and ham-fisted, I couldn't take it seriously. It was just like the worst scene in all of Endgame. <laughs> yeah. We all know what I'm talking about. Because there's not a lot I don't of, have to expound on it. I mean, there's not a lot of bad scenes in Endgame, so that, that makes it But pretty we all know the one. There's, there's <laughs> yeah. just the one. And it yeah. does fucking suck. And what you're talking about, how that's not a scene... For black people, because a lot of black people, unfortunately, are well aware of such situations. Uh, it's more for people of other color, mm-hmm. of, you know, your your good old white Americans <laughs> who probably are way too ignorant and, you know, um, blessed be the ignorant, we say, you know. Um, I think it, it's, it's one of those, uh, I don't want to say age-old story. But it is a, a pattern, and I don't know what to call it besides that, where it's like, you know, white guy meets black guy, white guy becomes friends with this particular black guy, and then white guy sees black guy suffering, and then it's like, wait, what are you doing? No, no, this is a good person. Right. And, oh, look, white guy finally learned a new skill in life. He sees people right. and not just a fucking color, yeah. not a random spectrum on the rainbow, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think scenes like that, hopefully, 
they they don't they don't cross that threshold like you're talking about and become right. the pandering bullshit and become the the ham fisted okay you better shut the fuck up Disney okay right. I know who you are Bob yeah <laughs> man shut up yeah man don't hate me Bob but uh, <laughs> you know in, yeah. um, it's just something that needs to be handled uh, you know with 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 care and, and not exactly. just fucking throwing it at the wall hoping that it fucking sticks. Hoping yeah. that people like it. Because remember, guys, this is still Marvel Disney. These are still the guys who made Captain Marvel. Yeah. We haven't, haven't been giving you for that shit yet. No, we haven't. Obviously, we haven't. <laughs> How many years has it been? Right. Not long enough. Not long enough. God damn it. I know, right? Uh, Hot damn. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that is an uncanny example. As much as we make fun of it, mm-hmm. and as much as we haven't tried, or haven't made fun of it, excuse me, in recent episodes, in recent months even... Um, you don't know that. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I might not remember, so actually... No, I, saying, I think I shat on it uh, a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah? yeah so, oh, never mind then. Fuck. <laughs> well, I'll speak for myself then. <laughs> Combination uh, just like, oh my gosh, we get it. It sucked, okay? <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> However, that is a great point. Disney, please don't pander, especially about a topic so important. Yeah. Amen. Mm. Yeah, that's the bottom line for that. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, though, like, I, I do like how it was handled so far. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, so what's uh, another notable moment we get here? Oh, John Walker. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we get to see, actually see more of him this episode. Shout out to all the nerds out there and all the introverts who have been inside, thanks to COVID, for two tag them long. Uh, I love how quick the internet <laughs> has made fun of the image of this Ooh. man alone. Like, this actor's career was just remade for him because everyone calls him the the Captain America from Up. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, the homie Caleb and I, <laughs> we talked about this, and uh, and I said, I wonder if Kevin Feige sat down with uh, with Wyatt Russell, the actor, mm-hmm. and uh, like before this show aired and said, look, we need to prepare you for things to come. <laughs> <laughs> This would not be an easy road for you. No, there's going to be some backlash. <laughs> yeah. you, you know what it reminds me of? It, it's cultural and, and definitely an aged topic, but it, it's something that I was made aware of because of my forefathers and those forefathers before me. But um, it's like uh, John Wayne, mm. you know, like the John Wayne movies. Right. I don't remember that actor's name, and, you know, bastardize me if one must, but the there was one movie where I, I think it was a movie I don't remember. It was a movie or an episode, screw me, where John Wayne was scripted to actually be shot and actually die this time. Mm. And the actor was talking to the villain actor uh, and telling him, like, look, man, I think the country's going to hate you after this. And I think that villain was typecasted to always be a villain because of that one portrayal Uh, ever since then, you know? It's true. You don't want to be typecast. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, like once you become that, and you dis like you disgrace yourself to so many fans and a country size amounts of fans. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I mean, I'm sorry, Kurt Russell's kid. What's his name? <laughs> Wyatt. 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 Yeah. I mean, <laughs> bruh, forever you're gonna be like the anti Captain America now, <laughs> which actually kind of is ironic. Yeah, but you know what? Though I do have to give uh, Marvel props because that was done by design. And you can tell that it was done by design. Like, they wanted to 
there's a reason also why he's left out of the trailers. You know, mm-hmm. there's a reason why you don't see him in the trailers so that they, they could, right. yeah, so that they could elicit that reaction from the end of episode one from the audience. They knew exactly what's going to happen. They know how beloved Chris Evans, Steve Rogers is. Oh yeah, and they know good and goddamn well they don't want to see anyone else wearing that suit, calling themselves Captain America, especially picking up that shield. Yeah, of all the shields, you know, and the way that it happens in the show, man, with having Sam donating it to the Smithsonian. In, in, in honor and in memory of Captain America. And then, <laughs> what, like a week later, they're mm-hmm. like, hey, so we stole that shield from the Smithsonian. And uh, anyway, here's your new Captain America. Mm-hmm. Um, Bullshit. I will say this. I do like the way that they're presenting uh, John Walker here in this show. Um, John Walker, he was a very interesting character in the comics when he first got his start. You know, uh, he was... In the, in the comics, really quickly, he was introduced as a character who uh, wanted to be like his older brother who served in war, um, but he never got to see any action when he served in the military. Uh, he, he wanted to find the best way to serve his country, ended up getting superpowers from this guy called the Power Broker, and he didn't like Captain America because he thought that Captain America represented a faded ideal of America, and he thought that what he could bring to America would be better. Uh, I mean, he ended up becoming a foe to Captain America, and uh, eventually he ended up being chosen uh, by the government to be the new Captain America. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll share this same little fact toward again that I did in the, in the preview episode. And that is uh, this this organization, and I forget their name, but when, Cap, well, when Steve Rogers stepped down temporarily from being Captain America because he didn't want to be the government's lapdog and do whatever they told him to do. Right. Uh, so Steve Rogers stepped away, and during that time, this agency said, well, we need a new Captain America. And at the time, the agency had two candidates, uh, Nick Fury and Sam Wilson. Now, this was back in the 80s, and that's important because back in the 80s, Nick Fury was was white guy, a little like David Hasselhoff. Uh, and uh, they said, well, we don't want to go, maybe we don't want to go with Nick Fury because of his age, and we don't know how much longer Nick would be around, but... Nick will do everything that we ask him to do because he sees the bigger picture. And then they said, well, what about Sam Wilson? And they said, well, Sam was great. He served the Captain America. He knows how to fight. He knows how to take orders. He's this and that. But mm-hmm. uh, we don't know if the country's ready for a black Captain America. Mm-hmm. And so it was always ironic to me how even back in the 80s, they had this idea of, <laughs> I mean, even potentially in a story sense, making Sam Captain America. And then they were like, well, what about this other guy, this John Walker guy? Recently in the comics, he had prevented a terrorist from detonating a bomb. Yeah. You know, because John Walker is an asshole. He's a douchebag, but he's not necessarily a bad... He's not necessarily a villain. Yeah. Um, He's just a fucking douchebag. Right. You know? <laughs> I, I made the joke with you earlier. Yeah. It's like, you know, teen movies always uh, had at least one jock character who's mm-hmm. like the big football quarterback star who beats up on all the smart, nerdy kids because he's unhappy in his life because of dad, blah, 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 blah. But then there's there's the the rarely spoken of other type of jock who's just like the smarmy kind of salesperson, like want to be charismatic, get along with right, everybody, right. even if it's on a manipulative level. Yeah. Douchebag. Yeah. Those and, guys and for sure. And that's your yeah. John Walker, especially in the show, who's like, hey, come on, let's work together or get the fuck out my way. Right. You know, it's like, whoa, what? 
what type of two-faced shit is this? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's like once he realized that he couldn't manipulate Sam or Bucky like he wanted to, mm-hmm. it's like, well, if they're going to be no good to me, if I can't use them, then yeah. get the fuck out of the way. Right. If they don't see me as Captain America and they think that they're better than me, then well, fuck them. Yeah. Go yeah. fuck yourselves. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I've i always kind of appreciated like uh, what they did with... Uh, John Walker here in, in this episode at least because I thought that John was like they he, they didn't paint him out to be like this overbearingly mustache twirling evil douchebag right he's just a real a realistic douchebag yeah no yeah. that's exactly it they yeah. they didn't tell him to be and what I was worried about was the opposite spectrum actually mm. where it's like he's not the mustache twirling uh vaudeville right. freaking character nor was he. The excessive, uh, overly optimistic Boy Scout. Right, you know, yeah. the guy who's like, oh boy, come on, ooh wee, we can do it. I'm, I'm Captain America 2.0. Come on, guys, let's go get the villain. Oh, you don't want to work with me? All right, have a great day anyway. You know, sounding like a Mormon missionary. You know? <laughs> I'm allowed to make that joke. But, um, yeah, he, yeah. He, was a, he was a cool mix because, like you're talking about, he was, hey, come on, guys, we can all work together. I think... We'll be able to pull our elements and, and really, you know, put our heads together and, and win at the end of the day if we do this. Or get the fuck out my way if you don't want to work with me. Yeah. And it's really cool because we saw a tonal shift. Good guy, good guy, good guy, good guy. Fuck you, guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and we got to see him in action a little bit here. And, uh, you know, we we talked about this and questioned uh, whether or not he had the super soldier serum. I'm going to say right now, maybe no. Uh, I'm, I'm under the impression that you cannot be some type of extra special and use a shield in such a manner. Because mm. he was like, either he doesn't, either he has the superhero soldier serum. I added words to that. Hey, you know, super soldier <laughs> serum. See, that's a copyrighted version. So you got to <laughs> add superhero soldier. Blah. So many things. Words, drugs. He had drugs. <laughs> Either you do have that serum, or he was like the captain of like the fucking, what, disc golf team with how he was using <laughs> that, fris- that frisbee. That frisbee <laughs> shit, shield. Words. Who's drinking? You or me? Damn. I just have a kombucha. Um, Because there were moments where he's like, oh, pinball effect, breaking right. targets on like a little demo video. And then like later on, his, his cohort, uh, yeah, Battlestar, Battlestar. Yep, yep. fucking lame-ass name, by the way. Um, sounds like a... Yeah, no, it makes me think of Battlestar, uh, Battlestar Galactica. Galactica. Yeah, yeah. It's hard not to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's who he is now. He's the pinball machine. And he throws the, the shield perfectly under his fallen ass to catch him on the road so he can just, like, skirt off to safety. Yeah, like, that, that seems very... Uh, that that's a, that's a serum. Yeah, I, I guess the reason why... Because I was with you... The only reason why I think maybe he doesn't have it is because of, of, of two reasons. One is because for his first outing, I would expect him to show up Sam and Bucky. He did not. Oh, okay, he, okay. He got his ass handed to him by those other super soldiers, mm. just like Sam and Buck. Okay, uh, okay, okay, okay. And then I can also very easily see him throwing in his hat 
because we do know that the the, uh, the power broker is in the show. Yeah. We don't know who the power broker is in the show, but they did dro- uh, drop his name. Yeah. Or their name. Yeah. Uh, I can very easily There's see There's more him. entities in the show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I can very easily see him throwing in his hat with the power broker and being like, hey, listen, I just need to be better. The world doesn't accept me as their Captain America. You can help me do that. Yeah. What I kind of see happening here, um, I'm thinking from like, a reasonable point of view, more so than a canonical point. Mm-hmm. Even though both are great, don't get me wrong. I, I think I'm going to piggyback off of your idea and add onto it. I think he does have the super soldier serum, the the ghetto Americanized present day version that we have, and not the legit blue juice that our boy Steve Rogers got. I think he has a pseudo serum, something close to, but mm. not quite the same. And I think he wants to double stack. I think, like you're saying, he's going to uh, encounter this other group, the guys, the people. The, the flag the smashers? No, 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 no. Oh, the, the, the power the, broker? The power broker, yes. I think he's going to encounter the power broker and try to broker a deal with him and say, hey, let me get a hit of that super soldier serum you got. Mm. And I think that's... Right. Yeah. Because I will say this. It's like, I, I hope, actually, that he does not currently have a super soldier serum because that kind of destroys the whole mythos of, oh, shit, like, after Abraham Erskine got murdered, all of us, we don't have any idea how to recreate any kind of aspect of this. I, I, I'm who, worried who they already did that. This? Oh, yeah? I'm, I'm worried they already did that, Because uh, how did Isaiah get his? Uh, yeah, uh, he was, his was also, uh, it was a off version, which is why it was lethal to the people who oh, it was yeah, given yeah, to. I, I think this might be a safer off version uh, that our boy... Um, <laughs> Yeah, um, uh, John. Um, dickhead. <laughs> yeah, we said the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I said. <laughs> oh, I'm so great with names, yeah. homies. Uh, it feels great to be back. <laughs> let me tell you. Yeah, dickhead. Uh, yeah, dickhead. <laughs> oh man. Um, uh, Captain America up. Yeah. <laughs> Captain up. Captain up. There it is, Captain up. Oh, oh man. man. Um, There's a nickname for the the yeah. honest trailers for this show. Maybe. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do have to say this also. Uh, Wyatt Russell, I, I think he's doing a great job in that role. He is. Yeah. He really yeah. is. And uh, there's a lot of people making memes about him. I don't know if there's a lot of people giving him his his his, his props. Yeah. Uh, it so. is hard to be a good villain mm-hmm. because social media exists. Yeah. You know? It's just like the same actress who was... Um, uh, fuck Game of Thrones. Cersei? Thank you. Oh, yeah, okay. Cersei. I was going to say Cecile, and I knew I was <laughs> wrong as fuck. I just knew, like, no, nah, I'm not saying that. Not until Q says the correct one. Because that's your superpower. You, you give me names when I don't have any. Uh, yeah. Like, give me a nickname right now. Just, oh, Q, what was that thing people called me? Uh, <laughs> I, I, oh, was, I was waiting for something. Giraffe titties. <laughs> <laughs> you told me. I am not disappointed, sir. Giraffe titties. First off, I'm not sure I've met many a people ever who've seen. Oh shit! I mean, what are giraffe titties? Are, are, are they? Are they, Is it like a dog situation where they got like multiple? I mean, who that's knows? what I picture, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not gonna go find out any any lifetime soon. To the, to the homies across the big water who probably do or don't know better, feel free to private message us that response. 
You don't have to send us any pictures. Just let, no just, pictures, please. Just 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 send us a number. How many teats? Just like just like an article from National Geographic. <laughs> we don't need a pictures. Just oh. <sighs> giraffe titties. <laughs> I am not disappointed. Like if if I if I didn't already have a gamer tag, <laughs> that'd be giraffe close. Titties. Yeah. Oh shit. But I would like misspell titties on purpose right. so it you reads like giraffe titties or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. T i d d i e s. Yeah, yeah. That's smart too. I yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. I am not. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy my mom doesn't listen anymore. <laughs> If that's not true, and mom did listen, hi, mom. Oh, man. Hey. Hey there, Mama Keister. I really feel like that needs to be, like, an animated version of a t-shirt for us, where we just have, like, you and me both clearly sitting at the table, and we're both drawn with, like, giraffes. <laughs> both of us with titties. Giraffe titties. Yeah. 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 There you have it. Not, not giraffe boobs. All right. Like, you know, just like, you know. Yeah. The nips. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Okay. How long were we on that? Wow. Yep, yep. Anyways, what Only were we here, talking guys. about? Are we talking about Zemu? No, not yet. We're talking about Dickhead. That's right. Yeah, we were, John yeah, we were talking about John Walker. Good old John. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, no, I, I really like his portrayal so far, and I'm, I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing, like, what else he does here. Russell Jr. is doing a great job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, so uh, before we get to, to Zemo, which there's not a whole lot to say about Zemo at the moment. Nope. Uh, but let's talk about, like, the, the the Sam and Bucky bromance, because I think... Do we have to? I mean, that's that's kind of, like, one of the biggest selling points of this episode. It really is. Like, yeah. it's because of their romance camaraderie that I believe this idea was even pitched to Kevin Feige in the first place. Because as much as like on screen they despise one another, these two actors, Anthony and Sebastian, are so fucking great together. They're it gold. Is, it's gold. Like I'm sitting there and I, I'm willing to bet on this. I, I'm gonna look it up after the show's done with his production and everything like that, or with its showing of on Disney Plus. Excuse me. I wonder how much of this was improvisational. You know, like oh, how man. much of this was scripted, yeah. and it's just like. Anthony, I just need you to diss him here somehow. Mm-hmm. And Sebastian, roll with it. Yeah. Man. I, I want to see that. Oh, that'd be great. Because their back and forth is great. It's oh, it golden. Is. It's, it's so good. Their yeah. banter is top notch. It like. is. It's it's part of what made episode two that much better than episode one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's true. Like, because they, they never interacted in episode one. Yeah. So And it was kind of basic. Yeah. Episode two, anything but. Anything but, yeah. Uh, it was it was fantastic. Um, in retrospect, I just realized something kind of unrelated. I feel like a dumbass. Uh, remember in episode one, we would get the uh, we would get the the dream that Bucky's having, and he's winning a soldier again, and he's kicking ass. It's like, yep. I should have known there was a fucking flashback because of the arm. Yeah, he had the silver arm. Yeah, the silver arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the old arm, mm-hmm. which actually. The old arm was also vibranium, if I'm not mistaken. Is I, that true to the MCU? I don't believe so. Right? I know the Wakandan arm is the a superior Wakanda, one. Yeah, yeah. Because he's got superior. the cool ass yeah. like black and gold inlay. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's ooh, that that's cool. Yeah. But um I don't know. Yeah. He uh, had the one with the communist star. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the the traditional one. I wonder if he'll get a new new arm this show. Who knows? He don't really need one, though, does he? 
He doesn't, I mean, but I mean, you know, you don't need more than one pair of tennis shoes either. And it's nice to have options. You know, maybe one day he'll wake up and be like, nah, let, let, let me get this one. Let me get what the stars and stripe are. You know, I imagine that the process of like attaching a cybernetic arm is probably really intrusive. <laughs> it's probably not so no, simple. No, just like a like sock. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, there you go. See, that's all. That's the sound uh, effect. Oh, yeah, that's it all on. it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's like uh, not not to stay on this, but it's like when. Uh, <laughs> When T'Challa brought him the arm in Infinity War and opened up the suitcase and we see the, the new vibranium arm, yeah. Bucky should have been like, so you can get somebody to reattach this thing? Uh, you know, you got to open up, like, the, the wound again. Yeah, you, you, you got to reattach like, to the nerve endings. Yeah. And you got to <laughs> make sure that all the neurons are firing properly from my brain, signaling to the hand. And No, we don't. This is a Wakandan arm. <laughs> <laughs> they just, like, pop it off. And that's whenever it's the first ever. Uh, uh, and, and our boy... Uh, Sebastian's just going to be like, oh, that's so much easier. <laughs> <laughs> I had 17 surgeries to get the first arm. <laughs> <laughs> and three months of, of, of physical therapy. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah, we're working. Wow. Uh, yeah, we're talking about their bromance, which yeah. is a lot of fun here in this, in this show. The therapy scene was gold. It was. That was so good. Was, it's near the mine. end of the episode, but it was so awesome just to see them like force onto like a bottleneck scene where mm-hmm. it's the therapist and then across the table are bros. Yeah, yeah, and they're just—it's comedy gold, dude. It was—it's it, it, great for continuing the story and kind of like connecting loose ends here and there very quickly, but it's also hilarious, and that's 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 just yeah. very cool. I like it. Yeah, it, it was hilarious. It was character appropriate. Mm-hmm. But also, I love Bucky's reasoning and his response. Yeah, you know, I, I thought that shit was actually pretty, pretty deep. Mm-hmm. You know, because he says something along the lines of, "You know, uh, you gave away the you gave away the shield, and that was the wrong thing to do. And if Steve was wrong about you, then he was wrong about me." Yeah, and I was like, "Shit, that's actually that is super fucking good." Yeah, and and you could see that it hit Sam a little. Oh yeah, when he said that, just a, a little bit of that. Oh, I didn't think about it like that shit yeah. came across. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It was like a similar moment for me in the Creed movies. The very, yeah, first, the very one, first one. At the end. That was such a fucking great reveal. Oh, yeah. When he was just kind of like, I'm fighting to prove I'm not a mistake. And I'm not a mistake, yeah. What a fucking great line. It I was just great. got a few goosebumps yeah. just then. Yeah. yeah that, was, that was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Agreed. If you haven't watched Creed, go watch it. Yeah, go watch movie. it. Yeah. yeah. They were going on the third one, Michael B. Jordan is directing it. Hell yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. Hell yeah. That man's busy. Hell yeah. Directing uh, it. Hey, Gotta work uh, out for that. Damn. Michael, uh, if you're listening, hire me on to be Clubber Lang Jr. I'll be the son of Mr. T come to seeking his revenge. I pity the fool that beat my dad. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta see a lot more oomph, you know? And, I thought that was perfect. Want... And probably a few gold chains. Okay. If you're gonna be Mr. T's kid, he's gonna teach you his philosophy on the chains, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, oh yeah, so yeah, the, the bromance was a lot of fun and very revealing, and I'm we're gonna get a lot more of that as it goes on. I really hope so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we didn't talk about uh Carl Morgenthau or Carly Morgenthau. Yeah, I was yeah. actually gonna ask you for another one of your uh 
Q position scenes. Um, <laughs> Q position. I, I forced the fuck out of that. I really did. I, I took those wards and put some yeah. fucking wood glue between yeah, them did. and said, set. This is a thing now. Uh, please, Q, tell us who the hell is the once known Carl who's now Carly? Yeah, uh, so Carl Morgenthau. I don't know, this is something weird, man. Like, the, the weirder the names are for these characters, or like, not, I shouldn't say weird, but like, the more foreign the names are for me. Right, the more creative. Yeah, then like, the more I can remember them, like, again, Arkady Rusevich. Brother, I'm telling you, it's your superpower, like, man. <laughs> it's like, you know what? John Walker, like, for a while I had to think about, like, what was U.S. Agent's real name? Because John it's a basic Walker name. is so basic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's not uh, Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> He's Walker, American Ranger. Oh, uh, but yeah, Flag Smasher, uh, uh, Carl Morgenthau, uh, his his persona was the Flag Smasher. He was the Captain America villain, uh, who you guessed it, uh, he smashed flags. <laughs> <laughs> What's that they doing? What? How dare that thing? How dare how dare yeah. that thing wave on the banner? Oh, uh, he would really trigger a lot of people today. Let me tell you, he smashed that goddamn flag. <laughs> <laughs> Right. He's just like, he's got like a special boot only right. on the right foot though, so that when he smashes, uh, uh, just right. that extra weight. Oh, shit. Do you remember the episode of the Boondocks when that one special agent, he, he was like a total spoof satire character, but he was just kind of like, I'm so tired of kicking people in the nuts. I've kicked so many terrorists in the nuts for this country. Oh, yeah. And he had like the metal right. boot, the like 20 pound boot yeah. for it. That's the boot I'm envisioning. <laughs> Shout out to Boondocks. Uh, apparently, hopefully, coming out with a new season on HBO sometime. Yes. Far, far from now. It, I think it got delayed to next year. Yeah. yeah. Too far. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so, like, uh, I, mean, I haven't read a lot of a lot of Flag Smasher stuff, but <laughs> forgive me, guys. For it's never, hard to. He yeah. smashes all the right, flags. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he was like, this one flag I haven't smashed yet. <laughs> <laughs> the one on Captain America's chest. Quick confession time. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know we're just like riding bullshit train <laughs> for minutes on minutes now, guys. So bear with me. I hope you're enjoying all this content. But I have to mentally correct myself every half second. My brain interprets Flag Smasher. And I hear the wrong version of Smash first. Like every time I hear Flag Smasher, I'm thinking the guy who looks he at a flag and just like, <laughs> oh, man, licks his lips. Oh my. I'm about you to know? fuck that flag. Yeah, like I'm hearing the wrong kind of flag smash. <laughs> yeah, like he looks the... at the superhero homie flag back here and he's just kind of like, oh, that's a, that's a new one. I'm going to smash that. You stay the fuck away from my flag. I'm going to smash smasher. that twice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Well, I mean, there's a character, a uh, Marvel character called Adam Smasher. You think he, you think, actually, it's a she. You think she smashes uh, the Adams? Now I do. Shit. <laughs> Anyways, oh, man. Yeah, anyways, um, I I think it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Flag Smasher, uh, from what I can recall, is a character that didn't really, again, didn't didn't agree with a lot of the ideals of characters like Captain America, hmm. and uh, I believe there was something going on with uh, Flag Smasher's dad, where like his dad was kind of the opposite of him, or like it was kind of I think all for nationalism. He was a flag weaver. <laughs> Boy, let me tell you, we're going to be weaving these flags all day and night. Right. I just love me some flags. <laughs> <laughs> um, the one thing he's taught his son is that there's never an imperfect flag. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I not writing? Uh, 
All it's, right. it's interesting though what they've done with the with the character though because now Flag Smasher is uh, not really a person but a group, yeah. And, and they're essentially uh, a, a group of they're, they're, they're terrorists, and uh, they somehow have all acquired some type of super soldier serum. And this episode they did reveal that there is a power broker, and again in the comics the power broker is who gives John Walker his powers. Now um, we don't know much about the power broker as far as the MCU is concerned yet. Right. Um, Regarding um, the the Flag Smashers, uh, the, the group, the entity, as the MCU has now dictated them to be, um, just just like a small question, something I was wondering, um, how how much of that group, as far as you can tell presently, has been derived from the character? I mean, I, I would say like uh, a good bit, maybe yeah. more in depth in the show, just off the sense yeah. of like acts of terrorism is yeah. very much in line with Maybe Black like Smasher. Maybe random hand symbol of theirs. Not that I can recall. Yeah, no, I was about to say, because that, that just kind of seems like a random simple thing. Yeah. You know? it, it is also interesting to, to note again, I think I, I joked about it earlier, but they, they did gender bend uh, the character of they Carl did. Morgenthau to Carly a Morgenthau. very unassuming young woman. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if I saw her, I would have assumed the same thing our, our boy uh, Bucky, Bucky did. Yeah. And it's just like, hey, What's up? We're here to save you. You're no longer hostage. We'll get you out of here. And then she proceeded to whoop that ass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, now, to my recollection, I don't believe that Flag Smash actually had any kind of actual powers. I think that he was just, you know, kind of your adept human. Okay. Um, just like uh, trained and skilled. Right. Sure. Um, yeah, so seeing what they're doing here with uh, Carly is, uh, is interesting. Uh, I, I do like the premise of, well, I guess I'm still trying to understand a lot about their premise. I know that they want the world to be how it was uh, during the blip. Right. That's what they have, have said. Now, I, I'm trying to remember what their mentality was. Like, what's the difference between people during and post-blip? Like, what what was, like, good question. the difference of equality treatment or something like that? I'm, I'm not sure. I can't remember what they were going for there. Yeah, me either. I think they... Gave us, like, a line or two in this episode, but I can't really remember. It was like people during the blip were treated differently in their perception better than than post-blip or, quote, what was normal life Mm -hmm. pre-blip. The snapping, in other words. Right. So, it's interesting. I do love, and and this is a quick note, because I'm I'm sure we've already discussed this, you know, a lot in other programs and, and episodes we've done, but... I do love how dramatically and constantly the MCU is referencing itself. Mm. Where it's like, no, it's making this a factoid. Yeah. A canonical, this is truth in whatever thing you're watching regarding us. The blip, the snapping, was not a one and done. This happened, yeah. you know? Everyone knows what you're talking about. Right. Yeah, and I, I love that. I do. Yeah, me, me too. Like, like the, the callbacks to things within the universe just makes the role that much bigger. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I, I dig that for sure. Um, yeah, uh, hopefully we, we learn more about the Flag Smashers. I guess it just kind of goes back around to, like, uh, a concern I mentioned earlier, and that is maybe throwing too much at the wall, you know. Uh, I mean, they... In this episode alone, like we got more about the Flag Smashers, we were formally introduced to John Walker and and even Battlestar Isaiah Bradley was in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we got uh, Carly Morgenthau, like the leader and the actual Flag Smasher, and of course at the end Zemo. I mean, there's there's a lot of fucking moving pieces here. You know what I believe that's for? 
And I think this is also the reason why we get such like a simple gesture to be the symbol for the Flag Smashers. I think because the Flag Smashers are not going to last. Mm. I, I think that after a few episodes, they're going to be quickly dispersed and demised. And then we're going to be moving into the real villain. Because notice, episode two now, and we haven't seen the face of the villain we've expected to see. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. Good, old, good old Zemo. So I definitely think that um, as that reveal comes upon us, someone else is going to be swept off the board. Like, yep. I think some pieces are still to be taken. How unlucky is Zemo that he's still in fucking jail? <laughs> I thought for sure that he would have escaped. Like, right. Like, my, my whole theory well, was Well, remember, that, he was nothing special. He was just a normal dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah. Some normal dude who didn't have a hard, a hard off for Captain America, who just hated all heroes in general, and... Mm-hmm. And some reason, especially Tony Stark, I think. Yeah, because uh, yeah, because yeah, he, yeah, his problem is more with Tony than Captain America, which yeah. is really weird. Yeah, yeah, because Tony created the mills or the the shit that killed his parent or his family, whatever Sokovia. I can't remember. He like sat down and like had a monologue like conversation mm-hmm. with uh, Black, Black Panther. Panther. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, get out of my brain. Yeah. Oh, yeah, good old Zemo. If only you knew that shit would have happened with or without you. Uh, <laughs> right. Tacked on villain. Uh, but hey. I think he's going to be way better used here, which I'm grateful for because Daniel Brule is a great actor. Well, we've already seen hints that we're actually going to get a more Zemo look about this yeah. Zemo as well. Yeah. The credits give that away with mm-hmm. like a little bit of like the, the decoration. You know? Right. Yeah. Um, to be continued. You guys will see. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, and, like, I, don't get me wrong, like, I, I, well, I understand the idea of the MCU's version of Zemo, the Zemo who has a disdain for all superheroes because they let his family down and his family died because of their inaction mm-hmm. uh, during the, the Ultron attack. Right. right. Uh, but at the same time, it's like that kind of loses a, a bit of the savor from the character from the pages. You know, when this character doesn't have a particular issue with Captain America. Mm. Um, so now it's to the point where it's like, well, Zemo could have been in any of these shows and not, not Falcon and Winter Soldier, you know? Yeah. So the fact that he's in Falcon and Winter Soldier, I'm hoping that his anger can justifiably be aimed towards those in Captain America's circle. That would make sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, I'd be curious to see exactly what information Bucky wants to retrieve from Zemo. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like right now they're just trying to gain intel, and he's one of the only few people who knew about the Super Soldier program in such detail. Yeah, which is true. Yeah. So, yeah. who knows? Yeah. I mean, he may know who the power broker is. Hell, he might be the power broker. That that could work. It'd make me sad, I think. That could work. Yeah. Yeah. I think it could eh. work. Eh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, eh. back to my joke really oh. quick about how this motherfucker's still in jail. So it's like there was a yeah. blip that happened. And if you disappeared, when you came back, there would have been complete pandemonium. You would have had a, ch- a chance to escape. And if you did not blip and you stayed, half of the people in that facility are gone. 
and there's pandemonium still. Yeah. yeah. Increasing your chances of escaping. Nope. You're still stuck in fucking jail. <laughs> he is. He is. He is. <laughs> and again, I, th- I think that's just because he's a normalized dude. Like, I think he saw people disappearing and evaporating. And then, because if I remember correctly, he's in like this small, like enclosed, like cage. Mm. Rem- uh, it looks like think, a pod. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, damn, dudes, he was just a guy. Yeah. You know? You didn't have to put him in like umpteenth solitary confinement over here. Yeah. Yeah. With like a submarine window being the only thing you could see through. Right. Yeah. But. I don't know, man. The snap couldn't get through that. Yeah, we couldn't. Yeah. yeah. I guess not. Snap. Uh, you know, I'm excited to see what Zemo has in, uh, has in store for our heroes and what's going to happen next. Right. Um, but yeah, like so far, my only concern would be too many moving pieces. The Flag Smashers, John Walker, and Zemo. Like, that's, yeah. that's a lot of antagonistic power here, you know? Especially during the critical time at the beginning of the story where your protagonists are disturbed, uh, stressed, and also not getting along. Yeah. So, a little on the nose for Disney, but it, it sells. I like it. Yeah. 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 Um, Especially for these characters. I, I do hope they consolidate some of these antagonistic forces um, just so they, they can all get, like, the equal amount of love, yeah. you know, and, and, and attention. Yeah. Because, uh, hell, we don't, we don't need another example of, you know, villains being underutilized or just thrown in. Yep. Thrown against the wall just to slide down to the trash. Yeah. Uh, imagery. Damn, that's yeah. gross. Yeah. I mean, but so far, though, the show's done a, a really great job. I mean, if I'm being honest, the least interesting faction so far still is the, is the Flag Smashers. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, but we, without them, John Walker, who I'm more invested in, wouldn't have anything to do. True. Uh, and, and Zemo, I think, is going to be, like, definitely the, the driving force for the show as far as uh, uh, antagonistic presence is concerned, so. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, I really enjoyed this episode, man. You got anything else on this one? This episode in general uh, regarding, well, all these episodes in general regarding uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, uh, Invincible, as we have discussed all three earlier, and this particular podcast episode have been extremely fun, you know? Um, it's awesome to be back. It was good to be back behind the mic. Um, not surprised that talking about Four episodes in <laughs> one episode took two hours. Hope you guys enjoyed this shorty. I know, right? <laughs> it's a double-barreled shorty. Ooh-wee. <laughs> Homies, uh, as Q was saying before, I'm going to reiterate that in one more spot. Definitely, 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 if you're interested in helping out the podcast, please do so. And the way you can do so is by writing us a review, give us a rating, preferably five stars. If you can find the button for it, six stars. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah, why not? We love reading your comments. We love reading your messages, so thank you very much for that. Um, we tried to find the real comments amongst the spam because we've been getting some spam comments lately, but, you know, they're all there. Nobody likes spam. Nobody likes spam. It tastes terrible. Actually, there are some countries that, never mind, not getting into that. <laughs> but, homies, we thank you for listening. We thank you for participating. Tell us what you think. Give us some love. Give us some reviews. Absolutely. Uh, but that is all for now. Kevin, my brother, it's good to have you back again. Fuck yeah. It's good to be it's great to be back. Oh, yeah. Well, homies, hope you enjoyed this one. This has been a blast once again. But this will be all for now, homies. So, giraffe titties. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, my name is Superhero Homie Q. And I am Superhero Homie Kevin. <laughs>